Oh, sorry, Kanye. Pump fake is up next. I just want to use your love tonight. Come on, John. You know the words. I don't want to use your love tonight. Oh, here it comes. Get ready. I ain't got many friends I can talk to. <laughs> oh, John. What's going on, buddy? Ah, uh, there'll be no singing today. Oh, it's a shame. It's a really good song, though. You know. Big NFL weekend we're going to talk about today on the Pump Fake. What do you think? Big big NFL weekend, college football news coming your way. All the highlights and all the discussion right here on the Pump Fake. And we're going to let uh, we're gonna let the outfield play for a couple more minutes. We, we're just getting fired up here. Yes. This song's awesome. You know what? It brings back memories. All right. This is the Pump Fake. How are we doing today, John? I'm Drew. John Kane here on the Pump Fake. We're at the Pump Fake Studios. We are thepumpfake.com. Yes, you can follow us on Twitter on PFake. Follow us on Twitter, all the Twitter updates. All right. Well, what do you say, John? We've got to jump into it. We'll just get it going right now and uh, talk some college football. College football, right in it. Big college football weekend. Yes. Starts off this week with Georgia Tech at Clemson. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that was the big game uh, in the ACC on Thursday night. The big game, uh, Georgia Tech-Clemson, quite the game. Uh, Clemson uh, had some fight in them. It was a decent decent little game. Uh, New Georgia Tech offense proved fairly well. They had to come back late uh, to win it, but uh, Clemson showed some stuff there. They really shut them down in the second half. Yeah, 30-27. to I mean, it was a good ball game. Um, You know, Clemson uh, pretty much shut Georgia Tech out in the uh, third quarter there. Um, and, I mean, the first quarter, they pretty much ran the show, Georgia Tech did, uh, which gets us our 30-27 to 27 final. Um, I, I don't know. Did you uh, get a chance to uh, watch this game this weekend, John? I did. I did check this game out. It was, uh, Georgia Tech is starting to show a little bit, but they really were horrible in the second half. Their defense fell apart totally. Uh, I really thought the way the game started that Georgia Tech was really going to blow them out. And uh, overall, I was really disappointed because there's a six-and-a-half-point spread. I really thought... Uh, they were looking like a nice cover uh, in that game, and uh, their defense just really fell apart. Allowed like uh, I think twenty-seven straight points in that game, uh, and then they had to come back late uh, and and win it on a field goal. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, basically the tale of this game, I think, is going to come down to a time of possession. Georgia Tech held it for almost thirty-two minutes, and uh, Clemson held it for uh, twenty-eight. You know, when you uh, when you play keep away, John, good things happen. That's right. And in the end, Georgia Tech pulled it out because they were the better team. Uh, I just really thought Georgia Tech was just going to blow them out that game, and uh, defense really fell apart. Uh, interesting going into the uh, to another uh, big game when uh, Georgia Tech plays Miami. So uh, we'll have to see how that kind of pans out. Uh, Georgia Tech can still hold strong there. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia Tech a favorite to win uh, the ACC, but now they've got to deal with a uh, upstart Miami team uh, who's coming off, um, you know, big, big emotional win with Florida State. You know, so. yeah, that was really interesting. Considering uh, still talking about Florida State, I guess kind of how they almost got beat by uh, Jacksonville State. Yeah, uh, really um, kind of made me worried about maybe how good Miami is. Uh, maybe they're not that good, and maybe Florida State is just really, really bad. Uh, Thinking that maybe that Florida State win was a little bit of a fluke. Yeah, well, I necessarily think that uh, Florida State wasn't as good as we thought they were. Uh, just because I mean, they really almost lost to uh, to Jacksonville State. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, we'll find out who Miami is, I think, this uh, this Thursday uh, when they play a tough Georgia Tech team. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, Georgia Tech can play the way they played against Clemson in the second half uh, versus Miami. Otherwise, they're going to lose. But uh, it's pretty to see because, I mean, the Jacksonville State was up 9-7 to for really most of the game against Florida State. And Jacksonville State is uh, no football team uh, that should even be coming close to Florida State. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just a little worried about uh, how good Miami is now. I had them valued really high. Um, I'm almost devaluing them a little bit going to the Georgia Tech game. Georgia Tech worried me worried me a little bit with their uh, defense in the second half, but I don't know. I, I like them against Miami now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that game right there just kicked off a, just a fantastic weekend of just all-around football, uh, college and NFL. Um, you know, we had some pretty good games on Saturday, um, especially one that uh, I know you and I watched, uh, Wisconsin Fresno State went to overtime, I and mean, that was—I mean—that was a fantastic football game. Oh, that was a heck of a football game. Uh, Fresno State is always tough uh, playing uh, playing a lot of the Big Ten foes. Um, they always have played them tough, so I mean, it was a good uh, plus eight and a half. I think they were getting in that game, so I mean, they really—it uh, was a good bet to make, and uh, really, Wisconsin showed uh, that they are probably just a little bit better, but. Not not extremely better. Fresno State played them tough all game. Yeah, um, you know, and then uh, you know your uh, overrated team, Penn State. You know the team that you feel is very overrated. I mean, you know they uh, twenty eight to seven on Syracuse. I mean twenty eight to seven on Syracuse. I mean their defense really took them in that game. They only put up twenty eight points. It was a twenty eight point spread, uh, twenty eight and a half. So I mean Penn State really didn't cover in that game. Uh, and Syracuse is still not a good team with the uh, Greg Paulus at quarterback. So. Well, they're still trying to find their offense. I mean, they didn't score until the fourth quarter. That, yeah, know. and Penn State is a superior defense, and you know they're going to put a lot of pressure on them. But Penn State should have put up a lot more points in that game. If you're stopping them on uh, stopping Syracuse every time down the field, you have to score. Uh, and this is the type of game where Penn State probably should have put up 50. Uh, I, I'm still devaluing Penn State. Yeah, I mean, it, it really shows right here. I mean, Penn State had three turnovers. Um, you know, apparently Syracuse wasn't able to capitalize on any of those. Um, you know, but if Penn State only had 78 yards rushing, they had 240 yards passing, um, you know, to uh, Syracuse's 65 yards rushing. So, I mean, you know, on the ground, it was pretty pretty equal. You know, uh, Syracuse had two uh, turnovers. Uh, Paulus, you know, threw for 105 yards, two, two INTs, which – you know that 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 probably uh, you know if they would have cap- been able to capitalize on those three turnovers, it might have been a different ball game. Yeah, it'll be, uh, I don't think Penn State is gonna be as good as people think. I think they're still overrated at seven, but uh, we're gonna go see how that happens. I don't know. Uh, I'm still not liking them overall in the year. I think they're gonna lose a lot of close ones in the Big Ten once they start getting the uh, conference games. Yeah, and I mean you know our number one team in the country uh, had a tough time against Troy. Uh, they gave up six points to Troy. Well, that that was interesting because it, it was. 
early, seven to three for a long time in the whole first quarter, and then all of a sudden Florida went off. Yeah, well, I just don't even want to talk about that game because I'm just not impressed with Florida at all playing these cupcake teams at the beginning of the year. They're going to get a test, hopefully against Tennessee this weekend. I just, I don't think it's much of a test. And this is this is. I'm the hoping. Big, I'm yeah. hoping. I mean, it's their SEC opener. You know, maybe maybe Tennessee will come out with some. Uh, you know, with some guts about them and, you know, put up a good showing and maybe hit Tebow in the mouth a little bit unless you know, Tebow may hit them in the mouth. I think <laughs> Tebow's going to hit them in the mouth. I mean, Tennessee coming off a loss to UCLA, uh, and, and that was at uh, Tennessee, I believe. So uh, really kind of disappointing for Tennessee. I know they had high expectations on the year, but to, use to UC, lose to UCLA early like that is just really disappointing, especially he- heading it, uh, into Florida matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of smack talking in this. You know, Lane Kiffin uh, talking a lot about uh, – Urban Meyer, so we'll see. Uh, and uh, Tebow said he's going to stand up for his coach. He doesn't like that. So yeah, you know uh, Lane Kiffin coming in trying to make an impact in the uh, always competitive SEC. I, I just think he might be going about it a little bit the wrong way. Yeah, you don't <laughs> don't talk about uh, Tebow or Florida because that just angers them. And you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Tebow angry is a good thing. And Te- he, Tebow is a large, large man. And yeah, I, you know you, you just don't. You don't want to get Tebow angry. No, or or Urban Meyer. You saw what happened to that Florida Georgia game last year when. Uh, Urban Meyer had a little fire under his tail, you know, after Georgia kind of upstaged him a little bit uh, the year prior. And uh, it wasn't good for that. It wasn't good for the old Georgia Bulldogs. So we'll see what happens uh, this weekend when uh, all the, uh, you know, uh, bulletin board uh, material gets uh Yeah, gets I think, I think Florida is just going to be angry at this game. And uh, Tennessee isn't strong enough at all to contend with Florida. And they're just going to blow them out, I think. Yeah, well, how about the Michigan Wolverines, uh, you know, that was a that was a heck of a game versus Notre Dame, you know. I mean, thirty eight to thirty four. I mean, that was a really good ball game. Forcier uh, looked really good, I thought, for Michigan. Yes, Forcier. Uh, he's a little bit. He's still a question mark for me, but he did look really good. Uh, I really still thought Notre Dame had this game uh, down to the wire. I really liked how Clawson played. And this was the game. I know we talked about it on uh, last week's show on the Pump Fake, and uh, it, it was really we we thought it was going to be close, and it was close. Uh, I really still like Notre Dame. It was more of a must-win for Notre Dame for us uh, in our consideration because yeah. Charlie Weiss is running out of time. And Notre Dame really wanted to be undefeated uh, throughout the whole year. Uh, so, I mean, ah, I don't know. I, I still still have question marks about Michigan. Um, but, obviously, the extra practice paid off as they were able to beat Notre Dame 38-34. Yeah. Uh, K, or, you know, uh, Jimmy Clausen had a good game, 336 yards for uh, three touchdowns, no turnovers, uh, you know, out of him. Uh, but 4CA, I mean, 23 of 33 for 240 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he, he runs that offense. I, I, you know, I, I really liked what I saw, you know, out of, uh, you know, out of uh, 4CA. I, I really think that he's going to be a special player if uh, Michigan can keep him around for, uh, you know, three, maybe four years. Yeah, he really fits into the uh, Rich Rodriguez offense. Uh, 4CA had some really good runs at the end of the game. Uh, and then uh, he really he ran in for that touchdown, I think, at the end. So, uh Really kind of push them over the top. Uh, I don't know. Michigan still still worries me a little bit uh, going in every week. Now they're ranked in the top twenty-five, um, getting some more cred. Uh, so we'll see how they how they continue on once they get into this Big Ten schedule. Yeah, but I think Charlie Weiss's fate will be sealed. Uh, they I think they play Michigan State uh, here shortly. Yeah, uh, it, they, they're playing another Michigan team, uh, Michigan State here uh, next week. So I mean, we'll see kind of how they do. I think Notre Dame takes it to Michigan State. Michigan State didn't look too good uh, this week uh, in, in their game. So I mean, I don't know. Central Michigan beat them. So I mean, I'm not a big fan of Central Michigan. Uh, so 
I don't know. Notre Dame, I think, wins this one pretty handily. Uh, so uh, I just don't don't like how uh, how Michigan State's been playing. Yeah, and it looks like to me uh, Oklahoma State may be a little overrated as well. Uh, you called it. I for, did. Yeah, uh, this this is weeks. the official call. The uh, I called it two weeks ago that uh, Oklahoma State would lose to Houston, mm. and uh, n- not only that, but they did. It's the big call uh, on the pump fake. It's a couple weeks in a row we've had just some really huge calls. You know, going from uh, BYU in the first week to now just Houston upsetting Oklahoma State. Uh, it's one of those games where Houston's offense just really was too much for uh, Oklahoma State to handle. Yeah, I mean, they were up 21 points. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, they came roaring back. But, um, you know, Houston really showed me something here, you know, sustaining that, uh, you know, weathering that storm. Yeah, Houston's defense really showed something. I mean, they really were able to get some pressure on uh, Oklahoma State and really just kind of give it to them right at the end of the game. Uh, a couple of late fumbles, uh, interception, uh, all just kind of ruined Oklahoma State's day, and they were able to pull away and uh, take that victory pretty easily, 45-35. Yeah. Uh, Houston's still looking good. Uh, I don't think they were ranked yet. Uh, they're still, I think, 27-28, if you consider, you know, right outside of the top 25. But Houston's an up-and-coming team there, so... Uh, Got to watch out for them as the weeks come along here. It's one of those teams that could really just go undefeated and, I don't know, be kind of in the question mark at the top 15, you know, still undefeated. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, you know, their defense giving up 45 points. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in the fourth quarter of that game, I mean, they went into the fourth quarter, you know, with the lead. It was it was 24, you know, 28, you know, uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter in Houston. Houston rattled off 21 points to Oklahoma State's seven. Yeah, and this was a really so. good game to watch. I think this is this game was set up bad for Oklahoma State because they leave playing Georgia, playing a, just a smash mouth football team, and get the in biggest Georgia. win in probably their school history. It, I mean, it, it is it jumped it, them up to number five in the yeah, country. Yeah, you're number five in the country. This is a must win if you're Oklahoma State. But it was such a set up so bad because Houston has like every. Uh, uh, Texas Tech, like I think Cliff Kingsbury, uh, former uh, Texas Tech quarterback, is one of their uh, uh, offensive guys. So, I mean, they're playing this just crazy Texas Tech offense, you know, throwing the 10-yard pass and, you know, spreading the field. And Oklahoma State just wasn't ready for that at all. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, I just think that... I just think that, uh, <laughs> think that uh, Oklahoma State just... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think they're ready for that for that spotlight yet. I mean, you know, they they could still. You know, they still might go to a BCS game. I mean, it's only it's only one loss. You know, but uh, it's a big loss. I think uh, that's gonna that's gonna kind of play with them this week. It's either you know, this is kind of obvious, but I mean, you know, it's either gonna do two things. I mean, they're just gonna stay down in the doldrums. You know, after that loss, you know, and just be like, you know, we'd lost to a unranked Houston team. I mean, and not even lost. I mean, they. They got run, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they got. You that, can't. That score you can't, is too close. To, you, you can't lose. I know. I know. We called it because we expected it, but it's one of those things where Oklahoma State really had to win that game. Uh, they're in the top five now, and you, you just can't lose to an unranked team if you're in the top five. Right. I mean, with the team, especially who was, I mean, they were riding high after that Georgia win. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, I think national, you know, maybe not maybe not national championship. You know, whispers were blowing through. You know, Stillwater, but uh. They were. You still had to expect it. It's just yeah. one of those things where no, Oklahoma no. State. You really needed to win that game, you know. Yeah. No, ah, jeez, you know, I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, come on, this is serious. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, then we go to uh, the team that uh, Oklahoma State lost or beat uh, to enter the top five, Georgia, who dropped down to 21 after that loss, uh, putting up 41 points against South Carolina in SEC defense. Um, I don't think anybody expected that uh, kind of performance. I don't think anybody expected that game. It was a good game. Um, 
But, I mean, 41 to 37 is just not a score you expect in a Georgia-South Carolina game. Yes, yeah, so it's a 78-point total. And I think we had we had said it was going to be close on the on previous week's show. We had thought like a 13-10 uh, battle, um, yeah, I some mean, kind we, of something really close like that. Yeah, I mean, we definitely said it was going to be a three or four-point four victory um, you know, for Georgia if they won. And if South Carolina won, they were going to win by two touchdowns. And, you know, our three, four-point, you know, uh, prediction came true. But, I mean, it was just... Ugh. I mean, it was. Yeah, you can't you can't predict that all of a sudden Georgia South Carolina would go into a shootout forty one thirty seven. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. I mean, there's a good uh, almost fifty points in the first half total scored. Uh, you just really don't expect that. I think the defense has settled down in the second half and it was a little bit more uh, SEC like football in the second half. Absolutely. But that first half was just unreal. The amount of points they were putting up. Yeah, I mean, Garcia had a great game. You know, three hundred thirteen yards through the air, two touchdowns. He threw a pick. Uh, Cox threw a pick as well, so that those kind of canceled each other out. You know, um, I just Georgia had three turnovers. You know, to uh, South Carolina's one. So I mean, if you look at that, you know, South Carolina should have won this game. Yeah, they really shouldn't. Garcia really showed a little something. Maybe he is the quarterback that uh, Steve Spurrier always wanted uh, and never seems to get. Uh, he's closer to it. I still don't think he's anything special, but he's better than maybe we thought after the first week uh, in NC State. So. Yeah, uh, Georgia got some good. Uh, Georgia got some good uh, production on the ground. Uh, Samuel, fifteen carries for six, uh, sixty-five yards and a touchdown. And uh, Smith, you got two carries for sixty-five yards and a touchdown. So I mean, you can't really ask more than that. And then, you know, we had the uh, big kickoff return for a touchdown from Georgia uh, at the beginning of the game uh, after South Carolina just drove down and, and scored a touchdown. You know, first drive. So, you know. It was a good game. Uh, yeah, as you know, kind of like you know, merging this into like the future for both of these teams. I mean, South Carolina was hoping to go two and zero. Yeah, they lose to Georgia. You kind of almost had to expect that at Georgia. So I mean, you kind of expected that loss. Um, but really, South Carolina showed a little bit of something. So I mean, I I like them uh, the rest of the year. I think they're going to continue to to do some things. I don't know if they're going to be able to match up uh, against Florida in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't really know how that plays out. I don't think they have enough at all. Uh, we'll see how their defense can uh, improve at all. But their offense looks looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I think we both agree it's a big one for Georgia coming off that disappointing loss. Yeah, this this was really one of those games that Georgia really needed to win just for their whole psyche. Uh, they're still their offensive line showed a little bit better, uh, and they Cox showed something. Uh, showed a little bit better than he had did the previous game. Still, Georgia, you still have to worry about their defense in the, in the first half, but uh, they really kind of gave it to him in the second half. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see what other big games to touch on. Other than that, I mean, Missouri had a little fight with uh, Bowling Green. Uh, yeah, Missouri had to kind of come back in that game. I kind of expected uh, Missouri to show a little bit against Bowling Green there. Uh, Bowling Green impressed me a little bit. Uh, Missouri had to really come back in that game to win it because I think they were down 20 to 6. Uh, they really came back and won that game 27 20. So uh, Missouri is an interesting team to watch. I thought they were a little bit better uh, than they were. So, I mean, we'll see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, that kind of wraps up uh, week two. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and uh, look a little forward here to uh, week three and uh, kind of see what kind of uh, matches uh, matchups we have this week. Uh, starting off again this Thursday, we talked, we touched on a little bit Georgia Tech at uh, at number twenty Miami. It's a big game for both. I mean, SC, uh, ACC, uh, you know, definitely uh, maybe not on the line, but you know, it'd be a good. Uh, it, you know, it's always good when you can beat a uh, a conference uh, rival. 
So, you know. Yeah, it, this is a really uh, – it's starting off another good week in college football. I just have to say that this has just been just a phenomenal weekend of college football. If you if you just watched the, the Saturday's game from Thursday to Saturday, it's been just some phenomenal games. And now we're starting off the week good again uh, with the Georgia Tech-Miami game. Uh I have to say, I mean, Miami kind of just worries me because they didn't they didn't really play. Uh, but watching the Florida State game, Florida State wasn't impressive at all. So I don't know if that was a hangover loss for uh, for uh, Florida State and they just weren't ready for Jacksonville State, or if Florida State is really not that good and that kind of means Miami's not that good. Uh, so we'll kind of see how this kind of plays out. But I, I'm liking more Georgia Tech in this game. Yeah, Georgia Tech is, I think, a a favorite, you know, to win the ACC this year. Um, they're gonna have a tough test. I mean, we're we're gonna see how good I think Miami is. Yeah, the, and the, you look at I me. Mean, the spreads I haven't seen any initial spreads yet on this game. Uh, I know uh, I know Miami is not good against the spread when playing Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech always usually covers. So I think this is going to be a nice game for Georgia Tech to uh, to lay your money on. I'll go with Georgia Tech in this one. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I as well. I think I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pencil in Georgia Tech as well for the uh, for the W. I think it's gonna be a hard. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, if Miami really shows the speed that they showed uh, last Monday, it could present some problems for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a fast team as well, but, I mean, you know, Miami's, you know, Miami has some speed as well. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more of what this quarterback is about, uh, the Miami quarterback, Ellersby. So, I mean, we'll see if he really has everything. It's just that Florida State game just really throws me off because, you know, when you compare like the next week and you look at a team that played Miami really tough and then Florida State just really lays an egg against Jacksonville State. Yeah, even though Florida State won that game. Yeah, it just it's... really it, it leaves this taste in my mouth that maybe Miami's not as good as we thought they were. Yeah. And, and I mean, all of a sudden that they bump into the, the top rankings, the top 25, and then you know, it's just like, ah, the team they played is just horrible. So, uh, I don't know. I'm liking Georgia Tech a lot. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, as as far as, uh, you know, the games go this weekend, I mean, there's some pretty games of note here. Just kind of run them down. Um, you know, you got Florida at Tennessee at uh, 330. Uh, you know, that should be a good game. SEC opener, I believe, for both teams. Yeah, I think we, we kind of touched on earlier. Uh, Florida, you know, runs it down their throat, I think, and uh, – think really blows out this game i haven't seen initial spread but i think it's it, it will probably be like 14 points i would imagine and uh i think florida covers that pretty easily yeah i i think i think florida i think florida takes the victory here um of course uh, but i think tennessee gives them a, a good fight i think the first i think the first half is gonna be pretty competitive really you think i don't know tennessee just looks so bad against ucla i i think tennessee is gonna come out i think tennessee is gonna come out jacked up i mean it's it's sec opener for both schools um you know I mean, Tennessee, I mean, even though they're not ranked in the top 25, I mean, they're still a SEC defense. They've still got some of the top recruits in the nation. Uh, Lane Kiffin, new coach, you know, coaching his first SEC game versus Urban Meyer, who, you know, they've gone back and forth, uh, you know, with their war, war of words. Um, you know, I, I, I see a competitive first half, and then I see Florida really kind of pulling away. I think the two-touchdown uh, win is is really kind of spot on there. I, I think that's gonna. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good outlook for that game. Yeah, I think it will be two touchdowns, probably plus two touchdowns uh, as far as a victory for Florida. I just don't think Tennessee has anything. I, I'm I'm thinking that Vanderbilt is a better uh, football team in the SEC right now than Tennessee. Lane Kiffin is still a year away uh, from having anything special down there in Tennessee. Uh, you know, you can talk all the smack you want, but it's not gonna it's not gonna win you football games. Yeah, uh, and you made Tim Tebow angry. The one probably the one guy in the uh, college football who can really change a game because he touches the ball every time and you're really going to talk smack to about his team you can't do that tim tebow will go out and just he's going to ram the ball down their throat and like really just kill these guys yeah 
Uh, another game of note, uh, you were talking about Florida State just a while ago. Well, they played Brigham Young. So, yeah, BYU, the uh, the up and comer beating uh, Oklahoma. So now uh, we'll see. And you know, I, I gotta say that BYU blows them out now. Just the way Florida State played, I don't know if they were looking ahead to the BYU game or they were looking behind at the Miami game. Either way, they weren't ready for Jacksonville State, which is not a good football team. I can't emphasize this enough. Jacksonville State is not a good football team. If you play for Jacksonville State, you can email me, call me. I don't care. You're not a good football team. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think uh, BYU continues their role uh, here against Florida State. Um, I'd like to say it'd be close. I'd like to say that. But I just don't. I don't I, think it's going to be close at all. Yeah. I, BYU's I just, offense is looking nice, and I just got to think that they blow out uh, Florida State. Their their defense maybe had something that only allowing Jacksonville State nine points, but it's Jacksonville State. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oklahoma State coming off their loss to Houston. Uh, Rice is coming into town. Definitely think Oklahoma State needs to come out here and and. and yeah, you know, they, make a statement. They really got to – they'll probably be 20-point uh, favorites in this game. And Rice can put up some points. So, I mean, you got to question this game again. Um, I'm not ready to call this like an upset or anything like that. Yeah, and we just received this late word. I know we were talking about the Tennessee-Florida game a minute ago. 28.5-point favorites versus Tennessee. I, I, I don't mean to bounce around like this, but, I mean, that just came across the wire. And, I mean <laughs> – that's a that, lot. That's a lot of points. Ah, oh, geez, I I just don't know what to what to think about that. I just right don't now. think that's realistic. I I think that, you know it's it's the SEC. Um, you know I know you're very passionate about how bad Florida State potentially could be. I uh I don't think Tennessee is twenty eight and a half points bad. I don't think they're you know I don't think they're twenty eight and a half points worse than Florida. I mean it it may end up being I I don't think they're going to win by four touchdowns. <laughs> you know I just. Uh, I, I I don't know. You know, any anything can happen. I just I, I think it's an SEC game. Um, you know, but you know we were wrong though too. You know, uh, Georgia Carolina ended up being a shootout. So you know, who knows? Well, I mean, you look at it uh, in in the last seven meetings with Florida. So you look at Florida Tennessee the last seven meetings. Uh, the under is five and two. So it's always been a lower point scoring game. Uh, so that means they're probably the under is always around fifty. So I mean, it's always a uh, uh, a lower scoring game. And Tennessee is one and four against the spread. So I mean, Tennessee has only covered the spread one time. So in this game, I mean, is it one and five or is it two and six? You know. So I mean, I don't know. I, I, Twenty-eight points is more than I than I would I would think. I still like Florida. I don't I don't know. I can't I can't bet against SEC when it's twenty-eight points though. And in an SEC battle, I think you got to take the twenty-eight points. Yeah. Um, well, that leads us right into uh, Georgia at Arkansas. Georgia coming off the. Uh, you know, 40-point explosion against, um, you know, South Carolina, but they gave up 35 points on defense. So I don't know whether or not Georgia just has a tremendous offense um, or if their defense is just that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, Arkansas, ah, I don't know. I really like Georgia in this game, I know. Uh, or, or Kansas. Yeah, our Kansas, you know, I mean, I just think they're not as good right now as Georgia. And I, But the thing is, you got to look at, too, is Cox wasn't healthy in this game. And for him to just really go out and put up a lot of points is actually surprising. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was rumors he wouldn't even play 
I mean, uh, we got word from David Pollack that, you know, he wouldn't even, he wasn't starting. And then that changed like two hours later that he was starting. There's just a vicious rumor on ESPN. Yeah. So, I mean, you could kind of go back and forth on that. And maybe Cox wasn't ready, but he came out and played well. That's what you want out of your leader. And going in uh, and playing an Arkansas team, I got to like Georgia a lot. Uh, I mean, it looks like the spread is one. Okay. Um, You know, but I mean, Arkansas, they've only played once. um, And they racked up 591 yards. Uh, of total offense, uh, passing yards 447 in Arkansas, where Georgia's just averaging a shade under 200 uh, it, passing. Uh, you know they. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta take Georgia in this game. I can't emphasize that enough because uh, Georgia is five and zero past five games versus Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is one and eight against the spread in in September games. So I mean, I really like Georgia a lot in this game. Yeah, well, it's an SEC game for Georgia, and I mean for Arkansas as well. Um, can't emphasize enough how good a fast start in the SEC is, especially when Georgia down the road has to play Florida. Uh, you know, they've got to play uh, Auburn. Uh, you know, and they've got they still got to play Tennessee. I mean, they they still got all the orange teams coming up, and you know, you got to get off to that fast start because you never know. You know, Florida may uh, you know they may fall they may fall to you know I think we said Mississippi, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, you know, yeah. so you, you got to get off to that fast start, and I really think Georgia needs to uh, Georgia needs to silence some doubters uh, after that Oklahoma State game. I mean, I know Oklahoma State losing to Houston maybe kind of uh, devalued um, Georgia's uh, loss. Loss, I, I yeah. think you know what I mean. Um, you know, but I think that actually hurt Georgia as well because then it's like you know you lost to Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, so they've really got to come out here, I think, and make a statement. That I forty five points. I don't know if they need to score that many, but they've got to. Definitely, definitely button it up on defense and not give up 35 points again. Because, I mean, they, they've got to show that they can stop teams. And that 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 Georgia-South Carolina game was just back and forth, back and forth. Nobody stopped anybody. Uh, and that's evident from the score. So, you know, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a tough battle. It's a good test for Georgia. Um, you know, I, I – And I Georgia's really, still ranked. So, I mean, they still got a shot at, at a really nice bowl game. I don't think that uh, – already having the loss. I don't know if they can, you know, still get the SEC, you know, even though it's out of conference. But you still – it's still gonna gonna be tough for Georgia to continue on. I, Florida coming up. I mean, it's it's gonna be a, it's a tough little schedule. But they just got to win this Arkansas game. I, I I don't like Arkansas in this game at all, even though they're at home. I like Georgia on the road, and I like them big. Yeah, and that leads us to the uh, Saturday night matchup: uh, Texas Tech versus Texas. Uh, Texas Tech upset Texas in this game last year. Um, Michael Crabtree's not walking through that door or uh, any other doors anytime soon. So, I mean, what do you think here? I mean, do you do you think that? Uh, I don't think another upset is is brewing. Uh, you know, no, I don't at all. I still like Texas. They had a slow start this week and uh, they didn't really put up a lot of points. But I, uh, I, I like Texas in this game. I don't think Texas Tech is, is all that this year. Well, I mean Texas Tech. I mean they're putting up. You know, uh, so far in two games they put up ninety three points uh, and they've only given up twenty three. Yeah, their defense is better, but still, Texas is just all world still. And right. uh, Colt McCoy has just looked unreal. Uh, so, I mean, Texas, Texas plays a normal offense, and Texas Tech plays the gimmick key offense, you know, the short passes uh, and, and all that. You know, they run them out. You know, and their, their quarterback is 861 yards passing on the year. But you look at Colt McCoy's got 654, and that's just in a normal you know, pass offense. This isn't anything gimmicky. This is just going down the field and passing the ball. So, I mean, I like their receivers better at Texas. Uh, I, I like I like Texas in this game. Yeah, I mean, Texas is going to come out. I mean, they've, they've had a whole year to kind of think about this. You know, the fact that this probably costs them the national championship. 
probably cost Colt McCoy the Heisman. Um, you know, Texas obviously is the favorite, and the spread's 18. Um, you know, but Potts, you know, like you said, 861 total passing yards this year, nine touchdowns. He's thrown three picks. But, I mean, you know, and Colt McCoy, 654, five touchdowns, two picks. But their completion percentage is identical. I mean, 66.7 for Potts and 67 uh, for McCoy. So, I mean, it's, I, I think it has the makings of a shootout. I just – I think Texas wins this game just on emotion. I mean, you know, coming back from that, you know, loss last year. So, I'm, I'm going to go with Texas on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Texas also. So, it was 18 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tricky bet. Uh, you're going to have to read my post about that. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps up college football. I know we definitely wanted to get to NFL because it, it was just a fantastic, it's a fantastic weekend. But I, I want to say we got to pick an upset. We, we're two weeks in a row. Oh well, you know who we didn't talk about? There, John. And we didn't talk about our team, Kansas. So, I mean, I, I, I don't, Kansas. I don't want to hold back. You know, the NFL because I know it's just it's right there behind us, and we really want to talk about it because so much happened. But Kansas plays Duke, and Duke had a big, a big win last week. Duke had a big win last week. They were uh, they were underdogs, so they were plus two. So I mean. Uh, I know I had them picked to win, and, and they did. So, I mean, they kind of came back in that game and uh, and won it. So, we'll see how they can do against uh, against our Kansas. I yes. like Kansas in that game. Kansas' uh, favorite, you know, the spread's 23. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kansas really doesn't have any issues with Duke. No, I, I, I think uh, I think uh, Kansas takes it to them. So. Yeah. I, so, I would take uh, I think Kansas wins by 23, so I think that's a safe bet. So that puts our that puts our Kansas Jayhawks at a 3 and 0. 3 and 0 for the uh the pump fake. We in case in case you're a new listener to the show, the pump fake is uh picks a team and we just kind of follow them and they just kind of become like our babies, like our uh red-headed stepchild so to speak. We uh, are we are definitely on the Kansas Jayhawk bandwagon. The bandwagon. We're riding the bus right up there to Kansas in the middle of the country because we're down south here, so we had to pick a team kind of in the middle of the country. We can't be homers and pick pick Georgia because that's just not who we are. No. We t- we took Kansas and said we're going to carry Kansas to the national championship. Yes, and especially after Oklahoma loss, that really sets Kansas up for uh, what we think is a special season. Special season out there in Kansas. So we're following them along, and uh, we think they have another big game against Duke. And uh, so I don't know, but I- I'm trying to find an upset in this week. And you know, there's, okay. there's every week there's just got to be something. You know, we had BYU, and then we had Houston beating a top ten team. I don't see anything particular where we're going to have Ooh. a big team lose. You know a game I just we just overlooked here, and I, I can't believe we overlooked this because we, we, we talked about Nebraska, uh, you know, at our uh, college football spectacular. Uh, the number 19 Nebraska Cornhuskers are going to uh, Blacksburg to face the uh, 13 Virginia Tech Hokies. That, that's a very, very interesting game. I do shocked in awe that we missed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's because we're just ready to talk about NFL. We're, we are. We're just so fired up about the NFL right now. It's just today, today especially after last night, two fantastic Monday night games. But I digress. We 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 actually need to show some love to the college kids. We can't we can't forget about the college kids because here at the Pump Fight we talk about all sports and we just don't want to leave out college football. We have to give them their due because it, it, it happened before the NFL. Someday these kids will be in the NFL. We just got to talk about them. And speaking of Nebraska, you know. I, I, Virginia Tech, Nebraska is an interesting game. I like Nebraska. Yeah. So you're you're saying that uh, Nebraska is going to go into Blacksburg and uh, and beat the Hokies. I mean, I wouldn't really consider it an upset because I mean they're ranked pretty close to each other. Um, you know, they're they're. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, lost that uh, that game to uh, Alabama, which we all I think we figured that was going to happen. Um, Nebraska's defense, I mean, points against this year twelve. I mean, you know, <laughs> they've only allowed twelve points. Yeah, total this year in two games. Uh, Virginia Tech has uh, allowed 44, which I think the bulk of those coming in that uh, Alabama 
uh, in that Alabama game. I, I think we go with uh, Nebraska as well. I think we we, we talked about it uh, a couple shows ago that Nebraska might be like a kind of an up and comer. Maybe not this year, but definitely next year. Maybe have some uh, have some things to say about uh, yeah, national rankings. But uh, yeah, it's a close spread, uh, three and a half points. So I mean, I, I still like Nebraska in this game. I mm-hmm. think uh, I think Nebraska lays it to them. I still think Virginia takes a little off this year. Uh, they're just a little bit too much relying on the uh, the punt and the uh, special teams to to win football games. Uh, I think Nebraska takes it to them. Yeah, and I mean, so so far we've seen better quarterback play out of Nebraska. Uh, you know, five hundred and fifty-three total yards, six total touchdowns this year in two games. And uh, Taylor uh, down there in Blacksburg, he uh, two fifty-two for two touchdowns and a pick. So, I mean, you know, Virginia Tech looks like they're a running football team, but I mean, you know, Nebraska's got some uh, runners as well. I mean, they they match up pretty evenly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Nebraska as well. I don't I don't think that's our upset pick, but uh, I, I think that's just. Uh, Kind of a good little nugget of info. A good little nugget. Yeah, because like you can't really call that as the upset pick. Uh, Virginia Tech's going to be, what, three-and-a-half-point favorites? So, I mean, yeah, I like Nebraska in that game. Take a plus three. I'm going to throw two games out there that concern me. I'm going to throw out the BYU-Florida State game because you never know. Florida State, I mean, they've got athletes. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before got- Jacksonville State, I would say this is going to be the upset special. And Jacksonville State, that game, watching that and just kind of reviewing that, I, geez, I just don't like Florida State. And I think BYU is going to put up some points on them. So if Florida State was looking ahead, I think they got a shot in this game. But if they were just laying an egg and that's just really how good they are, BYU is going to kill them. So. All right, well, that's the first game I wanted to throw out there. The second game I wanted to throw out there was this one. And we said it earlier, 28.5-point favorites, Okay. Um, you know, ESPN here has the spread at 30, uh, you know, Florida being the favorite. You know, it is an SEC opener. It's the SEC. Anything can happen. I mean, we saw last year Mississippi upset Florida uh, early in the year. Um, do you think in any realm of possibility that Tennessee could uh, go in to Gainesville and pull something out of their rear ends? I don't think in the realm of possibility that they would. You don't think game. so at all? No, I don't think so. I think they cover the 28 and a half, 30, whatever you want to take on that, uh, just because it's SEC battle. But I do not. Uh, I think they're still two touchdown favorites. Uh, that's just a huge spread in an SEC game. I, I can't believe they made a spread that big in an SEC game. I know Florida talked uh, you know, a lot of crap You know that they're going to really lay it to them. But, gosh, 28 points, that's just huge. I, I Tennessee's decent, and they were really – not that good against UCLA. Maybe UCLA is an up and coming team and uh, they beat Tennessee, you know, at Tennessee, but I really like Florida in that game, okay. but I like him at two touchdowns. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I could see that that could play out and just cause it is an SEC battle, but I don't, I just don't like Tennessee this year. I guess the only reason why I'm throwing that out there is, is, is this, um, Florida has played two high school teams. Okay. They've played Charleston Southern. Sorry. And Troy, sorry to those uh, players and to that fan base if they you know listen. I'm not sorry. I don't think they're sorry either. They were playing Florida okay. and they knew they were going to lose. Right. So. I mean, they've they've played. They I mean they've played two high school teams and they've given up a total of nine points this year. Uh, you know, winning sixty two to three in the opener and fifty six to six versus Troy. Now on the flip side of this, okay, Tennessee. <clears throat> okay, they played a Western Kentucky team. Okay. Which, yeah, they lost, you know, I mean, they, you know, I mean, Tennessee blew them out. Uh, but, I mean, you know, then they then they went and played uh, UCLA. So, I mean, they played at least a tough game, 
you know what I mean? At least they've played a, a, a hard game, an actual team. You know what I mean? And and I, I think that might, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that might uh, bode well maybe for, for Tennessee. I mean, at least they've had <sighs> some competition. The Florida hadn't had any competition. I mean, yeah, I think I think you're reading too much into it. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't like it in this game. I understand what you're saying. Florida hasn't played anybody. And, I, mean, ten, I mean, Tennessee is four points away from being – Two and zero as well. I mean, they only lost to UCLA nineteen to fifteen. I, you know, maybe I am reading a little bit too much into it. Maybe I am just hoping for that Florida. I mean, over the last five years, I mean, Florida's absolutely destroyed Tennessee, and Tennessee was good in some of those years. So, I mean, I just, I just can't expect this. Yeah. Well, I, you know, maybe I'm just going out on a limb, just hoping that you know Florida loses, just because, um, you know, I, I, you know, I am very upset about the beginning of Florida's schedule. Not to say that you know. Um, you know, a Georgia or, you know, even Tennessee back in the Peyton Manning years, uh, you know, LSU. Stuff like that. I mean, they play cupcake teams at the beginning as well. But, you know, I, I don't know. Th- this one just kind of is – I mean, we didn't think BYU – I mean, we even though we called BYU beating Oklahoma, everybody in the world had Oklahoma winning that game. And I don't know, man. I, 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 would, I would like to see that. That's, that's my upset pick. That's mine. I know yours is going to be the uh, – Yours, I think, is going to be the uh, Florida State BYU game, but uh, no, that's just such a huge spread, man. I no, mean, no, see, see, I'm pulling something out here. That's just so ridiculous to me. I mean, you don't see spreads that large. I mean, you just, I mean, you don't. And I, but I, th- I think they cover. So I think Tennessee covers. I think that's a must bet if you're betting. You got to take Tennessee in that game. There's no way Florida beats them by 28 points. I think they beat them by 14, and I think you might sort it out at the end. But I think I think Tennessee scores a late touchdown for you to cover. But I'm going to throw something at you, folks. This is this is this is deep. I've went deep into the knowledge of John Kane. You went into the annals. I went into the annals. I've uh, scoured history. I've ran the computer program, and I've ran the spreadsheets, and this is what I got for you. Washington puts up a fight against USC. Yeah. I yeah. What 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 kind of backing do you have to support that? The last seven years, uh, Washington has really played this game close. Five out of those times, so five out of seven years, Washington has played USC tough. Washington has not had good teams throughout those years. USC always has a tough team. They're coming off a big victory. Uh, USC is. Uh, Matt Barkley looked looked decent against Ohio State, which we need to touch on that as well. That yeah, was- we, we kind of left that out earlier. Uh, I, I just. I don't know. I'm still not loving USC. Uh, I actually liked Ohio State a little bit better, and I think we we both liked Ohio State in that game. Yeah, uh, we did. We both liked Ohio State. Um, you, you know, Ter- Terrell Pryor just uh, – I don't think he fits that offense well, but, I mean, we'll get into that. Um, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, obviously. I mean – But this is, this is just setting up to me as like a little – it's one of those games that it's going to be interesting. Uh, Washington can pass the ball. Uh, they got their quarterback has thrown for 574 yards this year. Barkley's only thrown for 428. USC has played tougher opponents, but I don't know. I just kind of, I just kind of have a feeling of this game. It's a 21 point spread, so I think you've got to take Washington in this. Uh, I just it's setting up for me. It's setting up for me that this game is going to be close. Okay, and I, I'm going to say I don't, I don't. It's not likely that they're going to win. I think they still lose the close game, but Washington, watch them. All right, so are we going to go out? On, I'm going to go out on the limb, okay? I'm because I'm usually the one who does. I'm going to go out on the limb here. I'm going to say Tennessee stuns Florida because we we both said I think that Florida had a bump in the road, and we both decided I think that it was going to be Mississippi. 
Okay. I'm just going to go out of there and put that out there because I don't, I don't think anybody else is going to say this. I think, I think Florida goes down. All right. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there, but that's, no, right. that's fine. I mean, it's that's, all, it's all world Florida. Um, but all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take you, I'll take you home there. That, that's me. That's the Andrew Jones upset. I know I usually, you know, it's usually the John Kane special upset special of the week. Um, you know, John's been right the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I, I, I want one. Uh, you know, I, I want one. So I'm going to take Tennessee, Florida. And, and we're going for some big games here. I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, Tennessee, Florida upset, uh, possibly, and a uh, Washington, uh, USC upset. The only reason why, because it doesn't hurt Florida if they lose. It's still early enough in the year. And, you know, the media loves Florida. They love Tim Tebow. So if they lose, they drop to, they, they'll, they'll drop to like number five. Or number yeah, or number I, six, I just, you know what I mean. So it doesn't hurt them. It doesn't hurt them at all. I just don't like Tennessee in this game at all. I don't okay. like Tennessee overall, and that's fine. I just I just have to disagree with you on that. Okay, you know? nothing supports your stats. Right. Washington, I like. Okay, and what about the Florida State Brigham Young? Are we, we going to do three upset specials this week? Because I mean, that's, well, I don't think that's upset. I don't think Florida State has anything against BYU, so I, I'm still going BYU in that game. I don't right. like Florida State at all. I so. think I think Florida State that may, may set up to. Give uh, BYU a little bit of a fight, you know. Who that knows? game sets up uh, to something like that, so I mean, I, I, I could see that. I just don't. It, it sets up for for an upset. It does, especially yeah. coming off a really bad game for Florida State, right? And a, and an emotional loss to Miami, where Florida State really had that game won at the end. Um, you know, their quarterback just did a bad job, I think, of getting the ball, uh, you know, to their receiver at the end. But um, you know, I uh, I think Florida State could take Brigham Young down. Um, I don't want to see that, but I think they can. And um, keep an eye out at 3.30 uh, down there in Gainesville. You never know what may happen. Uh, you know, you might get an early fall breeze down there in Florida. might, uh, you know, blow a couple things Tennessee's way. Who knows? Who knows? So, um, but uh, the big game last week that I think everybody was talking about was Ohio State, uh, USC. Not Oklahoma State, as I, as I said last, uh, the other week, but... Uh, you know, Ohio State USC I think was uh, was a heck of a football game. I didn't really watch it. Um, you know, I was more enthralled with the uh, Georgia South Carolina shootout. But I know John was watching. Yeah, I, it, it was one of those games where I really thought Ohio State was the better team watching it, and I I still think so. That's kind of why I'm I'm on the on the Washington thing. Cause USC's traveling to Washington. Uh, so I mean. Ohio State, I think, should have won that game. I, I just didn't like how U, USC played. Uh, I know they kind of had to drive the field to win that game. Uh, Matt Barkley did look good. You know, he, he's in the line of the big quarterbacks at USC. He really played good on that final drive. I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy, but I, I, I still just like Ohio State in that game. I think if I had to bet nine more times out of ten, I would still take Ohio State in that game. So, I mean, it's one of those things. Well, and you can't say enough, in my opinion. You really can't say enough, uh, enough about uh, Joe McKnight. He had a uh, big part of that, uh, you know. Yeah, that it, that's he. You when you just have those guys like Joe McKnight and Reggie Bush. I mean, where does where does Pete Carroll find these guys? I mean, if Pete Carroll it shows up at your house in your living room, your kid is just playing in the NFL all of yeah. a sudden. You know, I mean, granted, McKnight didn't have a touchdown to his credit. Um, you know, Johnson, you know, took care of both uh, rushing touchdowns on the ground which was the only scoring of any sort for USC. Uh, Barkley completed about half of his passes uh, for a uh, pedestrian 195 and a pick. Uh, you know, Terrell Pryor, you know, he had 177 and an interception. But Terrell Pryor is not an Ohio State-type quarterback. I, I don't think the system doesn't fit him. Yeah, and we were talking about earlier how he would work really good at Michigan. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, Michigan would be, like, number one in the country. I, I don't think, know why if, he didn't go there. 
Yeah, it it, it, it kind of plays out weird. Uh, but prior is on Ohio State. It does kind of change their dynamic a little bit. He had 36 yards rushing, so I mean, it, it was an interesting game. Uh, I still still like Ohio State. Their defense looked really good against a really as most people would thought because I mean USC was seven point favorites. And Ohio State's defense really showed something. I think the Big Ten's really starting to show a little bit this year uh, that they are a little bit better. I'm well, still, I'm still, yeah, I'm still devaluing Penn State a lot. Iowa put up tons of points last week against Iowa State, so the Big Ten's setting up for a pretty nice year. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I don't like Terrell Pryor at Ohio State at all. Um, you know, uh, Jim Trestle is a uh, he's a very traditional uh, coach, um, and you could tell by the uh, tie and sweater vest on the sideline. You know. Um, he's I love a, the tie. It's great. No, I do too. Uh, he's just a traditional guy. I really think that Ohio State is more of just you know uh, handing off to the backs in the uh, backfield. They don't they don't run. If they ran the spread, you know, or if they were they, you know if they ran that offense, I think with Terrell Pryor, let Terrell Pryor run the ball a little bit more. He had ten carries for thirty six yards. Um, you know, Terrell Pryor, I think, wants to be more of that uh, early Michael Vick type quarterback where it's you know run first, throw second. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I I don't think he fits well there at Ohio State. He's a very he's a very good talent. He just he's not in the right system, I think, to flourish. Um, so I think that is what leads Ohio State maybe into some some games. You know that uh, you know maybe they should win, but they don't, or maybe that they should win by more. You know, I just don't think they have the right quarterback down there or up there in Columbus. But um, it was a good game. I mean, you know, time of possession you know was pretty equal. Turnovers were dead even at one. Um, you know, the passing game was non-existent really for either team. I mean, you know, 195 yards, 177 yards, uh, rushing edge definitely to the uh, Trojans. I think it was a good game. I think, um, you know, I think Barkley really showed some stuff, though, as a freshman going into uh, going into Columbus in the night game. Uh, you know, I, he, he really showed some maturity there. Um, I think their future is bright over there in uh, Southern California. They are good. And Barkley, Barkley drove that field. It was nice. I, I, did, I did like it. I just... I don't know. The more I think about it, this Washington game is set up nice for me. I really like Washington <laughs> this game. Yeah. You know, I, I keep talking myself into it, and, and I may be doing that. And you can you can call me up on the Pump Fake Hotline. It's one eight seven seven two nine four fake. That's three two five three. Uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting. But uh, uh, USC they looked decent. Uh, McKnight is just unreal to me. And I think he sets up and makes Barkley better, which is really what you need. You need your freshman quarterback to look better uh, just so the opponent has some fear in their minds that Barkley is really better than he is. He led him down the field, which was surprising, but I don't know. Well, just the, the, the intestinal fortitude that that freshman had to have, um, you know, down by five in the fourth quarter, you know, to drive pretty much the length of the field, uh, you know, in Columbus to win the game. Uh, it showed me a lot. I think Ohio State still still probably should have won that game, but um, you know it it was it, I think it was a fantastic game. It was a good showing by the freshman. I, I just um, think it's easy to throw a five yard pass to like an awesome player like McKnight, and it, it makes you look better than you are. Well, of course, but still, you know he he had to do it though. I he mean, did. All right, all right. Know. I'm giving Brock <laughs> Matt Barkley props. You know, and I feel like you know Skip Bayless was all over him, like how he's all all world quarterback now. He's the best quarterback ever for USC now again. I just I, I don't see it yet. I'm still waiting for more from Matt Barkley. I'm not ready to declare him the next Matt Leinart or uh, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, or freaking Matt Castle on the bench. Maybe you know? not this year, but you know. Yeah, next year we'll see what happens. But I, I, I'm not I'm not all about him yet. I think after a tough battle, I think they go to Washington and have some problems. So. All right. Well, I guess so. Is that your upset special of the week then? USC at Washington. Uh, at Washington. 
think USC is uh, going down? Yeah, I'm giving that my upset special. Washington okay. over USC. Okay. Number three team in the country losing. Yeah. I mean, you know. We're on a little hot streak here. We had a two and a five. That is true. I mean, you know. We uh, got to hit the three. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm still gonna uh, say a game of interest to uh, keep an eye on is uh, um, Florida State at BYU. Keep an eye on that game. Uh, maybe a better game than a lot of people think. Um, maybe with Florida State, you know, pulling off a little bit of magic. But um, my upset special, and I mean, this is a biggie. I mean, if I hit this, I mean, this Florida State, this Florida uh, Tennessee game. I mean, if, if this actually goes down, I'll you know, I'm officially the smartest man alive. I mean, okay. Yes, yes, applause, <laughs> applause for me. So there will be, uh, next week, if that does happen, there will be a lot of uh, backslapping, um, you know, on my end. It, um, it, it will be pretty nasty, and uh, I will be just an arrogant, arrogant person that week if I, if, if I hit that. But that's, that's, that's my upset special is uh, Tennessee uh, over Florida. Not by a lot. I think, you know, field goal. Okay. Know, so... So. All right, moving right along. We're uh, well into the week here. We have broken down college football here at the Pump Fake, and now we're going into the thing we like to call the NFL. You know, the NFL has just had that weekend that was just special. The big boys. The big boys just blew it up, and, you know, a lot of teams were thinking, you know, playoffs maybe? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> it, it's, it's early to call playoffs for a lot of teams, but, you know, this is some big games here that happened, and, you know, some teams that... We expected when we did the NFL spectacular to to win. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. Well, you know, well, let's just go down the line. Starting on Thursday, uh, you know, Titans at Steelers. Um, <coughs> that, was, that was a heck of a football game. A heck of a football game. I and mean, you know, I, I had uh, had Pittsburgh in that game. Uh, I really thought they would put up a little more points. But it, it, if you're betting that game, you, you can't expect Troy Polamalu to go down with an injury. <laughs> you know, you look at it, and the the Madden curse strikes again. You know, with Palmolo going down. Now something just Larry Fitzgerald better be uh, on lookout because he's on the cover of that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Larry, Larry Fitzgerald's in trouble. I think as soon as Palmolo comes back, Larry Fitzgerald gets hurt immediately. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Heinz Ward at the, at the very end of that game has the big, uh, you know, has the big uh, fumble or the big drop there. I mean. You don't ever see that out of Hans Ward. He's as sure-handed as any wide receiver in this league. Um, you know that's why the uh, three-point victory uh, could have easily been seventeen uh, ten. Yeah, and point. I think seventeen ten would have covered the spread. And I think everyone looking at Hans Ward running in that field, I was like, score that touchdown. And geez, I mean, it's one of those things where the Steelers were really set up to win that game by seven points, and they really should have. Not taking anything away from Tennessee because they did play him tough. Everybody knew it was going to be a close game, and it was. But Pittsburgh is still really seven-point favorites to me in that game. Yeah, and San Antonio Holmes uh, continues his uh, Super Bowl hot streak here. He had nine receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Parker on the ground. The ground game was really non-existent for the, uh, for the Steelers uh, this week. No, I don't think either of these teams you can run on. 19 yards of rushing from uh, Willie Parker. I know we all expect a little bit more out of him. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think they've actually uh, called up a bunch of guys. I think they have like six running backs on the roster now that they've called up from the practice squad just to try to get some something different out of this running game. And it, you saw it a lot from the short, short yardage situations. Third and one, they were just horrible at. I think that third and one, they, they missed like six times. They just don't have that power back. They need Bettis to come out of retirement or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this game shouldn't have even gone to overtime. I mean, with the Heinz Ward, with the Heinz Ward uh, situation, 
Um, you know, that really kind of set up the overtime. But uh, exciting, wonderful way to open up the NFL season. Um, you know, I know we had had uh, high hopes for Tennessee, and I know we picked uh, Pittsburgh to uh, win that AFC uh, North. I still like Pittsburgh even without Paul Malu. Uh I still like him a lot. Yeah, I think uh, their defense is still tough. Yeah, and considering uh, that Chris Collinsworth has named uh, the uh, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, as the pump fake mascot. Oh, he has. He, he, he said uh, the pump fake 600 times during the show. So uh, <laughs> He did, he did. And a good little pub for our show there. Uh, thank you, Chris, for listening. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what did you see out of the Tennessee Titans? I mean, do you think that uh, last year was a fluke? I don't. I think Tennessee played them about as tough as anybody's going to play them all year. I mean, other than maybe the Ravens. But I, I don't. I don't like their receivers. I, I say you can't win games with Justin Gage as one of your primary guys. He drops too many balls. You cannot drop balls in the NFL. And I, I don't care. Justin Gage. I mean, there's a reason he was cut from the Bears because he's not a top quality guy. And if he's one of your main receivers, he drops so many balls at the end of that game where really they needed him. And he he's not their guy. So I mean, I'm I'm not liking Tennessee a lot. Their running game still looks strong against anybody else but Pittsburgh. I think Chris Johnson had 150 yards in that game. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean Chris Johnson right now. I mean 57 yards on 15 carries. Uh, you know, for him, like you said, going up against anybody else, I think that's a lot more. Yeah, um, it, I think Chris Johnson is is just huge for them. Their whole offense runs through Chris Johnson to me. And, yeah. and really, you know, they're gonna as soon as they put eight men in the box. I mean, you're gonna get some out routes to Britt, and you're gonna get some out routes to. Uh, uh, to gauge, you know, and, and he's going to catch one out of four. So I mean, it, it's going to be interesting that they'll they'll put up some points because of Chris Johnson. Um, but ah, Collins, I think he's going to get old throughout the year, and I don't know. I'm kind of questioning Tennessee right now. Get old? <laughs> Isn't he kind of old now? He, he's aging <laughs> as the season goes along. Well, I mean, you know, that game right there was just. I mean, that was a great football game. Good way to open up the year. Uh, good way to open up the year for uh, Pittsburgh. You know, have a little bit of adversity. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, kind of, uh, you know, bring everybody together. Um, another good game, uh, Falcons-Dolphins, two of the surprise teams last year uh, in the NFL, played squared off against each other uh, in each other's opener. And the Falcons come out on top. Uh, you know, they look like they're riding that wave from last year right into this year. I mean, yeah, and you look at this game, and we predicted in the NFL Fantacular that the Falcons would still have another good year. And, geez, they're really looking like it. Their defense looked phenomenal against the, against Miami. Yeah, and apparently Matt Ryan likes his new toy, uh, Tony Gonzalez, five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Matt Ryan looks spectacular again, um, 229 yards through the air, two touchdowns, you know, one to Gonzalez. And uh, Michael Turner, 65 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, they're they, they, they're looking like a complete team. They, they are. Their defense looked really nice against Miami, and Gonzalez looked younger than he's ever looked. I mean, <laughs> Geez, I can't say enough about. I, I was really not thinking Gonzalez was a good pickup for him, but it just looks amazing. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, the Atlanta defense really kept Miami in check until the fourth quarter, where you know uh, they got into the end zone. Yeah, I think it was a Ricky Williams pass that put him in there, uh, uh, pass to Ricky Williams, and he kind of busted it out. And that's the only reason they scored. Other than that, I think it's a nineteen nothing. And uh, I really like the Falcons a lot. This was a big game. Yeah, well, and I think we saw what we talked about uh, during our fantacular. Uh, we mentioned the Wildcat. How it wasn't going to sneak up and surprise teams anymore. Um, now that you've had an off, now that you've had an off season to kind of uh, scheme for it, and um, I think they ran a couple wildcat plays, and it just didn't, you know, it, it it didn't it didn't translate like it did last year. You know, I mean, last year was, you know, obviously the first year of bringing that you know single wing back into the league, and uh, I, I just don't. It, it was a non factor almost, in my opinion. Yeah, it was really interesting because in that game, uh, the Dolphins carried uh, Pat White as their number two, and uh, 
Chad Henney uh, didn't dress uh, for Miami. So they're really kind of pushing that wildcat. And uh, I don't really know if Pat White got in the game. I didn't get to see a lot of that. But uh, it, they're really trying to force that wildcat in there. And the Falcons were ready for it. They didn't have anything against the Falcons for that. So, yeah, I mean, Falcons defense caused four turnovers. Um, you, you're just not going to win when you have that many turnovers. I just don't. You, you got to protect the football. Um, you know, uh, time of possession was pretty equal there. Uh, you know, Falcons had the edge in passing. Uh, Miami had the uh, edge in rushing, which you would assume they would, running the style of offense that they do have. Um, you know, in my, in my in my opinion, uh, you know, Falcons look good. Uh, I think we picked them to win the South, at least I did, uh, the NFC South. And uh, so far, so good, I, I think. You know, you can't really complain. Yeah, I like the Falcons a lot. I think, uh, continue on, I think we saw it against Miami. And uh, I think uh, Miami's going to have some problems this year. I don't, I don't think they have it all. We'll yeah, see. Uh, they still may be a good team. I don't think they're going to uh, win the East, um, you know, by any means again. I mean, you know, after watching that Patriots game last night, um, you know. But anyway, um, going to uh, broncos Bengals, which was the finish of the year. I mean, oh, I, don't think any, I don't think anything tops that at yeah, all. Yeah, just absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I think Chad Okosinko, you could see him crying on the sidelines again. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, I think people forget about Stokely, how good he is. He caught, you know, he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl when Indianapolis won. Uh, you know, he was the recipient of, uh, you know, Peyton Manning's 49th uh, touchdown pass. You know, uh, when that was the record before Tom Brady, you know, came along. Um, you know, and now this. I mean, I think people forget about Stokely and Stokely. This was a lucky win. I mean, don't get me wrong; the Broncos are not good. <laughs> no, uh, you uh, know, don't get me wrong here. But the Bengals aren't very good either. I don't think. So, I mean, you know, the tip drill, I mean, you know, you work on it, you know, in, 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 in youth ball, you work on it in high school, you work on it in college, and, you know, here you go. Uh, just proving that it's a good drill. <laughs> it, it is, and, and the thing is, I really like the Bengals in this game. I can't emphasize enough how disappointed I am in Cincinnati in this game. It, the Broncos are not a good team. Kyle Orton is not a good quarterback. And you just let Kyle Orton do 243 yards on you. I mean, come on. I mean, albeit, you know, 78 yards of it was on one play. Beyond that, he is only 150 yards passing. Cincinnati had to score a lot more points in this game. They had to put up good points, and they did not. I just don't understand. Ocho Cinco had 89 yards. It's good. Uh, Benson, 76 yards rushing. That's good for Cincinnati. I don't know how they didn't score more points in this game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> that, the, you know, the wherewithal of Stokely to um, when, when, when he caught that ball off the tip. First of all, you've got to knock that ball down. You don't tip it straight in the air. That, I, mean, that's, I, I that's think the they were trying thing. to, and, and I think I think it was too high. Just I think that he, wrong he, bounce, I guess, off the fingertips. Yeah, I think he, it was just he had jumped too soon, and he missed at the peak of his jump and wasn't able to knock it down. Ah, geez, but Stokely is a heady guy. I mean, he's the guy you want out there in that in that play. Well, you know, you know what I really liked, and uh, you know, he pulled the old uh, video game move. Um, he had the wherewithal to not go directly into the end zone. Yeah, that that was just where you know, amazing. He just, he he just ran along just, the sideline. Yeah, and and then he ran along the end zone, you know, to uh, you know just click more time off the clock until he absolutely had to get in the end zone. This is fan- that was fantastic. I do that all the time in Madden when I'm yeah, playing it, online. It, I, I just I I just hang out. You, and you, know? you have I mean, to, and that's one of those things where Cincinnati you cannot give up on a play. You cannot give up. You have to go down there and tackle Stokely. I mean, he what did he what did he do? I mean, he he ticked off at least five six seconds off that clock just hanging out you know on on the goal line yeah and that you really have fantastic. to do that because cincinnati 
they should score points. I don't understand uh, why they did not. You look at, I think the key to this game for Cincinnati was Chris Henry. I mean, come on. One pass he caught maybe, yeah. and, and that was in the first half. You didn't go to him in the second half. You cannot have a player like Chris Henry and not throw him the ball. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense to me that Cincinnati lost this game. I think Marvin Lewis lasts three more games. <laughs> I, I'm not in love with either of these teams, uh, but you never know. Uh, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. You know, and uh, maybe- good. And even if they win that game, I'm still so disappointed in Cincinnati. I, I I just can't say enough how disappointed I am in Cincinnati. Yeah, and maybe you know what? Maybe this kick starts something in Denver. Um, you know, I never thought Kyle Orton was a horrible quarterback. You know, when he was with the uh, when he was with the Bears, I never thought he was horrible. Um, but he maybe- wins freaking football games, yeah. and that's 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 the thing you look at. He's in the uh, the Trent Dilfer mindset, the guy that just goes out there. He doesn't he doesn't win it himself. He just he manages the game and he does it well. He's a smart kid from Purdue. You got to like Kyle Orton overall as a player, but he's, he's not your prototypical NFL quarterback. You know, he can't really go deep all the time. It's going to be 10 yard passes and it's going to be tons of them. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this could, like I said, spark something in Denver because I mean, they've got people to throw to. They got Stokely, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall, you know, they got him. So, I mean, they've got people to throw to. No Sean's going to come back, so they'll have somebody there that they can hand the ball off to and that they can, you know, throw those little dump passes to, you know, to get, uh, you know, to get some offense going. This, this, this might be what Denver needed, you know, maybe to build some confidence and, you know, go forward through the rest of the year, you know, in a, from last night's game anyway, what looks like could possibly turn out to be a little bit more competitive uh, AFC West than we all thought. It is. It's an interesting game. Yeah. So, all right, Minnesota-Cleveland, uh, Favre, begins uh you know his uh his first season out of his second retirement and uh he he wasn't spectacular by any means uh you no, know but he, he didn't <laughs> i think the key to Favre playing right now is not to look old and he didn't look old he looked old there was one point where he looked old the, the pocket collapsed around him and he, he was trying to scramble out of there and he looked like an 85 year old man <laughs> trying to walk try, i mean it was bad uh, you know that one that one time you know that's that's uh you know that was the one time i mean 270 consecutive starts uh you know and he did say that you know if he's hurt he's not gonna play um but i mean he only you know 14 of 21 you know not bad not bad uh, you, minnesota's you know, gonna win games if he goes 14 of 21 yeah, and throws no interceptions 110 yards one touchdown to percy harvin um you know which far you know could have effectively ended percy harvin's career i mean you saw far tackle him uh you know in the end zone yeah um, he didn't look old there no not, no he sure didn't you know and then i mean you know he threw for a touchdown like i said to percy harvin and then you know you, you can't say enough about adrian peterson 180 yards three touchdowns uh and especially you know going down the sideline and just throwing people off of him did you see that stiff arm absolutely he just, amazing I mean, just he just destroying people good god uh I think Minnesota looks very, very good, uh, in my opinion, especially if Favre could just manage the football games. I think he understands now that he doesn't have to throw for 399 yards, you know, and four touchdowns. But on the flip side of that, when he does that, he has like three, he has like two or three picks. Yeah, and, I, I don't think he needs to do that anymore. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be the key to him. 14 of 21. I think that's his point. If he goes 14 of 21, they're going to be better. The yeah. thing that really is is interesting is I think the Vikings defense allowed you know 13 points in the first half against against the Browns. 20 overall. It that's a, a little something to worry about. Just because the Minnesota defense is supposed to be a lot better than this, especially playing against uh, all muscular quarterback Brady Quinn well let's not let's not you know bang on Brady Quinn too bad he didn't have a horrible game I th- I, I, th- I think Mangini made the uh 
I think he made the decision that I think needed to be made. Um, I was I was all for the Quinn start over Derek Anderson. You know the culture change that I, that I spoke about. Twenty one of thirty five, two hundred and five yards through the air, uh, one touchdown pass. He did have a pick, but I mean, you know who doesn't throw an interception every now and then? I think Brady Quinn looked very very good for them. I I, I think that that was the right move and. I think it's the right move. I agree with you there. Brady Quinn is definitely the quarterback of the Browns. The yes. problem I have with the, with this game is the Vikings scored too fast. Adrian Peterson busts off fifty yarders like they're nothing, right? And it really hurts the defense. You know, you can't fault a team for just running down and scoring the ball like that, but they're doing it too fast. And I mean, I look for Minnesota to have more time of possession in this game, and it really would uh, help their defense a lot. And yeah. I think I think throughout the year they're going to have problems with that. Well, Cleveland showed me a little bit, uh, you know, in the first half. Uh, you know, they were up thirteen to ten. You know, going into going into halftime. So, I mean, they they were actually leading this game, and uh, I know that all the buzz around Minnesota right now is Minnesota's uh, you know Super Bowl contender now because of Favre. Um, you know, okay, so you, you got the NFC favorites on the ropes going into halftime. Yeah, you know, and that I was mean, just looking at that game. I'm just like, oh my gosh, Brady Quinn, what's going on here? You know, and it, it's just one of those things where it. it Peterson looked good. Favre looked good. There's no reason the Vikings should be down in that game. Yeah, but I mean, you know, let's not uh, let's not disparage what Cleveland did either, though. I I, I really think Cleveland showed me something. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be pushovers. They weren't a pushover by far in this game. I don't think. I mean, if Adrian Peterson gets pushed out of bounds, that's all you had to do is push him out of bounds. He doesn't score that 65 yard run. Thank God he did for fantasy purposes for me. But you know, I. It could have been a totally different ball game if Cleveland's defense could have had another shot at stopping, you know, um, Adrian Peterson. They all they had to do was shove him out of bounds. But you know, AP being a man like he is, he just he's just throwing people off of him. So I, think, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like the Browns. So. Well, I, I'm not saying I'm in love with them. I, I just say I think they showed me a little something, a little glimmer of what they could be. You know what I mean? I I, I, I understand what you're saying. I just think it's the whole time of possession thing. I think the Vikings defense was out there for too much. Uh, you know, it was a 27 to 33. I just think Minnesota, if they take more time, if if really if it, it's more five-yard runs by Peterson instead of 65-yarders, I think Cleveland doesn't have it. I, I, I just don't think. I think once they play uh, an offense, it's just more pound and pound and pound. I think the Browns get blown out. I don't think they can score. Yeah, definitely maybe a little bit more methodical offense by the uh you know, by the Vikings is is warranted, but I mean, you know, AP, you know, rattling off sixty five yard yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't fault him for that. That's right. the thing, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, all in all, I think a very good performance by uh, Farvin Company uh, up there in Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I, I think that they're gonna, you know, I think they're gonna have the year that maybe most people thought they were gonna have. Um, you know, yeah, uh, I, and you know, I mean, it's Minnesota look look decent, so I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. Continue yeah. with that. Oh, here we go, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. That was a fun game. Uh, Surprising game. I'm I'm confused in this game. Yeah, what what what, what confuses I, 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 you? More more confusion abound for me in the NFL. Okay, well, what what tell Jacksonville? Me, tell me. Jacksonville to me is not a good football team. Their defense looked bad this year. Uh, I just didn't like their defense going into the year, and then they go and almost win a game against Indianapolis. Yeah. And we're looking at Manning. Well, the, the weird thing, Manning got hurt by Gonzalez going down, which just really hurts their team, and but they're not going still, out to sign anybody. He still threw for over 300 yards, had a touchdown pass. Uh, Joseph Adai took care of, uh, you know, uh, their scoring on the uh, on the ground there, uh, you know, 17 carries for 42 yards. Uh, I don't know how Jacksonville stayed in this game with Garrard only throwing for 122 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Jones drew fantasy stud. 
Um, you know, 21 carries, 97 yards, touchdown, 26-yard uh, run, uh, you know, there during the game. Maybe we underestimated, uh, you know, Jones Drew for a little bit. I don't think David Garrard, you know, is their answer for quarterback. Um, uh, it was really just a short field that Indy played with a couple times. I mean, that uh, Jacksonville played with. Right. You look at Manning threw an interception, left him a short field. Uh, Joseph Adai had a fumble, left him with a short field. Right. So you, you take out those two miscues by Indy, and, you know, they probably blow them out. It's just, it surprised me, Jacksonville's defense. I, I, that's all I got to say. Yeah. I just, I, I'm confused. I, I thought Indy would blow them out in this game. Because Indy by six was the spread. I really think they should have won by that. And it's just really disappointing when Jacksonville comes out and, you know, Manning throws an interception. I mean, come on. And he said it after the game. He's like, ah, hopefully uh, Herm doesn't look at this, you know. <laughs> my, uh, my, my problem with, in, with Indianapolis right now, I know I picked them uh, to win the South. Anthony Gonzalez is gone for a few weeks. Um, you know, so that leaves Reggie Wayne. Yeah, Reggie Wayne and uh, no one. Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark, yeah. I mean, but other than that. You know, I mean, he's uh, he's going to have to rely on uh, Joseph Adai here. You know, I think he's going to have to lean on him a lot. And um, I think that uh, – because, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you double-team Wayne, that leaves Clark open. But Clark's a big guy. I mean, he's not busting off, you know, 87-yard. I, I think we're going to see a lot more sets where we see uh, Donald Brown, the young kid that Indy's got, mm-hmm. uh, running out at wide receiver. They'll run some two running back sets, and then they'll split out uh, Donald Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that plays into what Penny, Peyton Manning likes to do, call that little fake. You know, it looks like a two running back set back there. Uh, but then all of a sudden he splits one of them out wide, brings Dallas Clark on the outside, and he kind of like spreads the field all of a sudden on you. So I, I think it's going it, to – I think he still puts up tons of points because of that. He just has two really good running backs in a die in Brown. So I think he's going to pound it with a die, and then he's going to split out Brown a lot. So yeah. I, I think it's going to move out well. I don't think it's going to hurt him as much as people think. Um, but, you know, I still don't understand why they don't bring in Marvin Harrison. So. <laughs> well, you know, Bill Polian has said they, they've closed the door on that. Uh, I don't know. The door's open. Your guy's hurt. Yeah. Your, your number two guy, Anthony Gonzalez, you got to reopen the door for Peyton Manning's man. best friend. Dude, Indianapolis runs a clean deal, man. And Marvin Harrison just brings controversy to that team with the, with the whole somebody got shot at his club and he may have shot them or the bullet came from his gun or whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I don't want to talk about crime blotters. It was such a good week. I don't want to talk about that. But, you know, I mean, you want to talk about balanced offense out of Jacksonville. Passing was 114 yards, rushing 114 yards. It doesn't get any more... You know, just <laughs> all right. Now, Plaxico entered the building. Um, you know, you, I mean, you don't want to. Uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, you don't gain more balance than that. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and they me. had good balance. And I mean, Indy played a good game overall, other than the turnovers. And if the turnovers don't happen, I don't think the Jags are in this game at all. I think it's fourteen six, and I, I think it's done with. So yeah. Well, we go from a very competitive game to just a. Forty-five to twenty-seven, New Orleans over Detroit. Um, Drew Brees threw for six touchdowns. Uh, six touchdowns, three hundred fifty-eight yards and six touchdowns, folks. That's kind of ridiculous. Unless you have him on your fantasy team, then you're in love with it. Uh, Stafford had, I guess, the typical rookie game: three picks, uh, two hundred five yards uh, through the air. I, he got killed because <laughs> they were down so early. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't fault the kid. Stafford cannot go into his first game yeah. and throw the ball 37 times. Well, my thing is this. I mean, you know, nobody thought Drew Brees was going to rattle off six touchdown passes and, you know, 350-plus yards of, uh, you know, of yardage through the air. 
Stafford had to uh, start forcing it a little bit, I think. Yeah, well, I think you have to expect that in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans just is just amazing at their or their offense. I mean, they just chuck the ball down the field, and Drew Brees is just unreal right now. Well, do you think it's their offense which is spectacular, or do you think Detroit's defense is just that bad? I think it's actually the Saints' offense. I think their offense is really going to average close to 40 points a game, and I, I think the Lions did all they could. I mean, there's really nothing. It, it really set up because they were able to do so much more because Stafford only completed 16 passes. So, I mean, a lot more time of possession went to the Saints because the stop, clock stops after each of those incompletions that he threw. So, I mean, Breeze was able to get on the field again and just put up tons more points. Well, another thing that helps out the New Orleans offense was that, uh, you know, Detroit was penalized eight times for 80 yards. You yeah. know, I mean, that's... It, they're still. I mean, that's a football. That's basically a football field worth yeah, of penalties. They're, they're they're a young team, and I really just wish that they almost didn't worry about the score and just said, "Let's keep running the ball with Kevin Smith. Let's keep running our offense instead of just saying Stafford go out there and just chuck the ball." Yeah, I mean, Smith had 15 carries for 20 yards. That's not a very good, uh, you know, per yard average there. No, um, but I think you have to keep going to it. Yeah, yeah I think you just had to keep going to it. I'm just mad that they made Stafford throw the ball 37 times. Yeah. he threw more passes than Drew Brees. I mean, that's he just did. unbelievable. And completed 10 less passes. Yeah, I mean, you just can't have that. I know they're trying to put up points and stay in this game, but there's a point where you say, let's just run the ball and let's let's just try to stay in this game. Let's keep Drew Brees off the field. Yeah, because, I mean, New Orleans had 36 minutes and 30 seconds of you know time of possession where Detroit was only on the field for 23 minutes of this game. Yeah, and you That's, look at New Orleans' run defense isn't that good. I think they just had to keep with it, and it's just frustrating that they well, I don't know. really they only hurt up, Stafford. They only gave up 33 yards rushing. I mean, but I mean, that is to the Lions. That is to the Lions. And some of those runs were out of like uh, draws when it was third and 15, you know? And you get those kind of runs where you're just kind of setting up for a better punt. So, I mean, his average is hurt by that because there's like five or six of those. Right. Well, Calvin Johnson needs to touch the ball more than three times. I know he had 90 yards, you know, receiving, but the majority of that was on a 64 yard situation. Yeah. you, Um, You have to get him the ball short. You can't. I mean, he's a big physical receiver. Yeah. I mean, he can he can make some things happen. I'm going to chalk it up to Stafford. I mean, Stafford's first game, you know, three picks. Yeah, you know, Drew Brees six touchdowns. You know, 350 plus yards. Nobody expected that. You know, kind of a uh, kind of a thing. Uh, Reggie Bush not getting off to the year very good. Seven carries for 14 yards. You know, I mean, that's just. Yeah, you, you don't really when you have uh, Drew Brees back there. You really don't have to do that much running the ball, yeah. uh, just because he can pass so much. I mean, you'd think he would have better sets. I mean, Mike Bell had like, geez, a great game, 143 yards, because that's because they had to take all the guys out of the box. So I mean, it left the field wide open for him. Yeah, and they're splitting out Bush a lot. So I mean, you know, it's one of those things where Bush is going to have a, a game where like he goes off for like 200 yards rushing, you know, but other times he's not going to have anything. So yeah, well, he's more, he's more of a receiver, you know. Five receptions for fifty-five yards, twenty-six yard, uh, you know, longest, uh, longest of the five. So yeah, of all Stafford's, Stafford completed the ball sixteen times, but seven of those were to the running back. So he really, yeah. he oh, really yeah. had nothing downfield. He was dumping, nothing. dumping everything off. Which is why I guess why Calvin Johnson had three. But I mean, see, that's the problem. You just double team Calvin Johnson all day, and you take away, you, you take, take away, you take away everything. Yeah. Uh, and just he's got to, he's got to dump the ball off more. He's got to hit the tight ends more. They need to uh, find, they need to find somebody to compliment Calvin Johnson because if you can't get the ball to, you know, Calvin, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna win many football games. Which, 
you know, they're on a 17 game losing streak. I don't know what uh, 2000. I don't know. You know what? You know what? I think they should do spend the next six draft picks on uh, wide receivers for the next six years. Wasn't that what they do anyway? Oh, wait, that's what they do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, getting out of that debacle, I mean, congratulations, Drew Brees. I mean, you know, hell of a game. Um, game that I thought was going to be a little bit more competitive, uh, and it wasn't. Uh, you know, Philadelphia uh, taking care of Carolina pretty handily. Handily. And, and, and the thing is, we, we talked about this on the NFL Fantacular, that we didn't like uh, Carolina. I think, I think we went out and said six wins for Carolina. Yeah, well, DeLome, he, he, he had one of the worst games. I mean, I know he had that horrible playoff, uh, he had that horrible playoff uh, appearance last year. Uh, but, I mean, he threw four picks. It was Cutler-esque. <laughs> Cutler-esque. Yes. That, that's a preview for later. Yeah, a little preview. Uh, that's a tease. Dell Home has nine interceptions in his last two games, that's and, and that's going back to last year. That's ridiculous. Del Home just but he got a, and, and, and he got an extension. And he did. He paid he, the guy. Yeah, geez. John, John Fox, I mean, he is putting way too much in this Del Home basket. He, you know... <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, Moore came in and, did, and went six for eleven for sixty-three yards and one pick. Well, and that's what they did to Delone. And he but didn't I mean, have it. Yes. But I mean, and, and he and he's not producing. And, and no, and now they had to go out and they just signed AJ Feely because Carolina did. Carolina did. Okay. Their backup, Josh McCown, came in this game, so Delone was actually benched in this game. And well, he needed to be. And, and McCown comes in and gets injured. He's done for the year. Yeah. So now they're down to third string for Moore. Right, but they put Delone back in. Yeah, I, I think the, the trend in the NFL is always to only carry two quarterbacks, so you get extra special teams guys. Yeah. So I don't think they had anybody else. So they said, "All right, we're gonna have to go back to Del Home. And I think he threw another interception at that point. Yeah. I mean, ugh, they had seven total turnovers. Okay, four picks from Delome. Um, you know, Delome lost a fumble. Um, you know, so five of those is his fault. But I mean, and then on top of that, you still turn it over two more times. Um, Philly's defense looked great, but I mean, you know, I'm wondering if. You know, Carolina didn't make uh, Philly's defense look a lot better than maybe they were, or maybe Carolina's, de- or maybe you know Philly's defense is just that nasty. I think their defense is that nasty. I've always been impressed with Philly's defense, and he, everyone kind of thought maybe they'd have a letdown after losing their uh, their, their coordinator, uh, the, one of the greatest coordinators in the world, Jim Johnson. So I mean, you look at everyone kind of thought, but I think that was an inspired defense uh, playing tribute to one of the greatest uh, coordinators ever. Yeah, and I think Philly, you know, they they, they had a good week. Um, I think maybe something to work on for next week is their penalties. Nine penalties for 76 yards. Um, you know, if DeLome wouldn't have thrown four picks, you know, it might have been a different – it might have been a little different story, um, you know, because of the, because of that. Uh, you know, Philly had two turnovers in their own right. Uh, but their defense special team scored two touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't like their offense was – What's clicking either though on, on Philly's side of the fence? Yeah, so I mean, Philly, Philly's interesting, but I think the biggest news in this game, the biggest news, this is just unprecedented. McNabb getting hurt. So you well, look, did you did you think he wouldn't? You, I, <laughs> I didn't mean, think you'd get hurt in the in first game. game. Yeah. It's a freaking blowout. Well, what, what McNabb kills gets me, hurt. What kills me, and I've never been a Michael Vick fan ever. Okay, even when he was in Atlanta, and I do root for the Falcons. Um, you know, as my secondary team. Um, they cut to that little, you know, little thing of Vic in the press, you know, up in the uh, luxury suite there, you know, looking at McNabb's laying down there with his uh, broken or bruised rib, whatever he's got going on, um, you know, and then we get to see Kevin, uh, what is it? we get to see uh, Kolb come out there, um, you know, it's just a bad situation. This is what McNabb feared, I think, from the beginning. Even though he was the one who was vocal about Vic coming in, this is the worst case scenario for 
for uh, McNabb that could be written because if he doesn't play next week and Kolb comes in, uh, you know, Kolb's a nice quarterback. He's a nice quarterback. I think he'll I think he'll do fine. But do you really think? I mean, I know they just signed Jeff Garcia, so I mean, maybe that's my answer. Um, but do you really think that you know Andy Reid is going to hold Michael Vick back next week because he gets to come back? Uh, well, I don't think so. Uh, I'm thinking that he doesn't start Michael Vick. Well, I'm thinking he'll start Jeff Garcia. He'll, he'll he'll start Garcia over over Kolb, I think. He, well, I don't I don't think Kolb Kolb um, plays at all next week. I think it's all Garcia. Um, I, and McNabb might play. That's the crazy thing. You never know about this kid. I mean, well, McNabb's tough. I I've never questioned his toughness. I've never questioned that. I think McNabb is just a heck of a quarterback. Um, I mean, you can't you can't really knock him. I mean, you know, six NFC Championship games. You know, I mean, you can't you you can't knock him. Um, even though the Philadelphia fans for some reason don't like him. Um, I mean, I don't even think his own coach likes him. I mean, you know, <laughs> I. You know, it's just it's now now it has become that sticky situation that I thought it was going to be at the beginning. I mean, now you got four quarterbacks on the Eagles. You got four. You got McNabb, you've got Kolb, you've got Jeff Garcia, and you got Michael Vick. Yeah, I, I don't, three of which have started in this league at one point or another. Three of which who have had success. Had success have led teams to playoffs. I mean, can you imagine? You know, it's a, a storm's brewing. I don't know whether Garcia is just a stopgap. You say. Garcia, you're signed and then you're cut. Well, no, I don't. I don't understand. Garcia has played for Philly before. He did, and they and had the controversy went, before. And he went five and one. He led them to the playoffs it, that it, that year. I this is this is a weird situation. I don't I don't like this situation. Um, I think they are just disrespecting Donovan McNabb to the tilt. Um, I know they had to go out and get somebody. Um, it, what kind of upsets me a little bit is Andy Reid just having no faith in Kevin Kolb. But I, I think they had to go get Garcia because what happens if Kevin Cole gets hurt? They don't have anybody. That's true, and so you so, have to bring in a guy, and you know you don't know if it's so much that he he disrespects Kevin Cole or he doesn't really think he's ready. He's maybe two years out in this league because uh, he was really drafted as the replacement for McNabb. Right, he, yeah. he's really your guy. And McNabb was mad about it because they drafted this kid high, which was weird to me when they drafted him. I remember sitting back watching the draft, and I was like, "Why are you drafting this guy?" <laughs> yeah, and you'd think that this kid would be ready because it's been a couple years. He should be ready. If you spend a draft pick like this, he has to be ready to play right now. And if you have to go out and sign a quarterback like Garcia, he's not ready. So I'm just a little frustrated in the whole system they're working on right there for their backup quarterbacks. I I like the Garcia move. I think it plays well for him. I don't I don't think Vic's ready either. I don't think they really envisioned Vic really actively playing in the offense till week five. Yeah. Well, I, I to your effect, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and say Jeff Garcia starts this week. Um, I think the best thing to do is since you've got a Jeff Garcia uh, right now, I think the best thing to do is maybe let McNabb sit out a week, rest that rib, let yeah. Jeff Garcia do what he can do for you uh, this week. Um, I think bringing McNabb back too quickly. I mean, if he takes a I mean, dude, if he takes a couple vicious hits next week, being injured already, that could put McNabb down for the year. It's well, way the, too early. To, well, the thing is, it's one of those things where when you get a fractured rib like that, you could die. <laughs> you, if you well, get they hit, said it's nowhere near puncturing his lung. I know that's what you were kind of getting. Yeah, at there. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's there's not, always it's, that chance, though. You never know with the human body that you just take a hit and your a bone breaks <laughs> off in your chest and punctures your lungs. Yeah, um, I'm. If I was the coach, and I'm a little bit more conservative here, I would sit McNabb, let him rest up, let him heal up, start Garcia, um, you know, and 
you know, I mean, Garcia's a proven commodity in this league. He's a good, he's a good quarterback. He's a nice quarterback. He's quarterbacked this team before, uh, not too long ago. Had success. Um, Brian Westbrook is really the motor that makes this team go. Um, you know, just let Westbrook do his thing. Um, you know, your receivers did a good job last week. So, you know, just let McNabb sit. And then in week three, don't get so anxious. Don't get so premature where you gotta, you're got you just throwing Vic out there. Yeah, it, well, they're playing the Chiefs next week. So I, I think you just have to start Garcia. Just don't even worry about it. I think they yeah. beat the Chiefs handily anyway. So, I mean, you put Garcia out there. You have Cole as your backup. You do not dress McNabb. Uh, he sits out a week. He doesn't practice. Yeah, I mean, Just let, let him, him rest. It's the yeah. Chiefs. Come on. I mean, we, yeah. we, ha- we have to think about the whole season here. Yeah. I think they can beat the Chiefs with Westbrook at quarterback. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, this is one of those things. The Super Bowl is not won in week two. No, so I mean, <laughs> we're not any means. You got to sit, McNabb. Yeah, you got to start Garcia. Yeah, Kolb is your backup. Right, going, going into week three, McNabb's He's, maybe ready. Garcia well, is a backup. What? Who do they play week three? What, what what's their schedule looking like week three? Because I'd almost sit there and say, depending on what Garcia looks like next week um, against the Chiefs, I'm gonna let me pull this up here real fast and get kind of a. You play the Bucks week three. Oh no! And they, they got the oh they got the Saints this Sunday. I'm sorry. Oh, they got the Saints. Okay, well, so then, the Saints. Oh wow, that's going to be a lot of points. Uh you need you have to have Garcia in this game even more. Yeah, because I mean I I think that a 100 percent uh, Jeff Garcia um, over maybe a 60 or 70 percent McNabb is a little bit better way to go here. Um, because I mean the next upcoming games here you got uh, New Orleans and then you got Kansas City and then you got Tampa Bay. Yeah, really. So it plays out well to where if McNabb does sit out yeah. this game, he can sit out next week really easily. Well, and yeah. that's more of my point because you're then, playing Kansas City the week after next. And then week four, I mean week week four. Uh, what is it? Yeah, week four is your bye week, and then you go into Tampa Bay. So yeah, you so just he, let McNabb rest, let him heal. There's no reason, and, he needs and he'll to come be back. fine. I mean, you could even play Vic in the game against the Chiefs a little bit because I think he's no, back that's what'll happen. Uh, yeah, you, you, I think you, because it's the Chiefs, yeah. I think you can do that. You let you you let you let Garcia start uh, versus New Orleans. Um, he's a veteran quarterback. He'll be able to, uh, you know, he'll be able to weather that storm. Drew Brees probably will not throw for six touchdowns this week. No, and this uh, this plays out to an interesting game because without McNabb in this game, uh, Philadelphia is a little bit more vulnerable. They're going to have to put up the more points, and I don't think their defense is going to get all of them that points again. So yeah, well, Jeff Garcia is the answer in my opinion. You start him, um, you you let uh, McNabb sit out, you let McNabb sit out the Kansas City game, and then you bring him back week five. Um, you know, healthy, ready to go. Don't be so premature throwing Vic in there. I I, th- I think I th- and we saw in the preseason. I think the Vic thing when he comes in and out like that, I think disrupts the offense more. Um, you know, Jeff Garcia knows this offense in and out. So I think it's actually probably the best situation. It's 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 the best fit. It's the best fit. And we go on and uh, say, Garcia does good next week. Uh, I don't think they beat the Saints because I think the Saints are all world right now. Yeah. Uh, just if anybody with any kind of clout, uh, you know, <laughs> in the uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, ownership group there or whatever, the coaching staff uh, happens to hear our voice over the uh, podcast, uh, just start Garcia. Kevin Kolb just, you know, I don't even know why you have him if you're not going to play him and you're going to go out and get Garcia. So. Yeah, really. I mean, trade Kolb to the Texans. They need quarterbacks. <laughs> well, you're talking about Kansas City. Uh, they played Baltimore, and uh, the Baltimore defense gave up 24 points. Uh, entirely disappointing on the Baltimore defense by me. And, and all that's late touchdowns, 17 points in the second half. Kind of warmed down a little bit. But uh, Brody Croyle never won a game in the NFL. 
I, I mean, I can't say enough that this kid is is not an NFL quarterback. And Matt Castle will be back next week. He kind of had that off game. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I got to see more out of Kansas City to really understand what they're all about. I don't think they're anything with Brady Coyle. At I don't think Brody Coyle did that horrible of a job. 16 of 24, 177 yards, two touchdowns. It's not a horrible job, but it's just he's never won a game. You have to win games. And no, I, mean, I know. I he mean, puts up better numbers than Kyle Orton, but Kyle Orton wins football games. Yeah, but, I mean, Brody Kroll didn't have any favors handed to him, you know, <laughs> having to having to go against Baltimore's defense, you know, right out of the shoot. That's true. And, and he didn't have any, you know. Uh, Flacco starting where, you know, he left off, you know, 26-43, 307 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but, you know, that ended up really not, you know, really hurting him too bad. Um, yeah, know. Baltimore really overall dominated this game. I think the 38-24 score is a little bit confusing, but Baltimore really just dominated this game. I mean, they had 40 minutes time of possession. They had the ball for 40 minutes of the 60 minutes of this football game. No. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's phenomenal. Ray Rice was just great. Ray, Ray Rice exploded. Is, is a really good running back. Yeah. If you have him on your fantasy team, you're going to be hugely happy this year. Yeah, but my problem is here, I mean, you know, Ray Rice, you know, had 108 yards rushing, but McGay, he got the touchdown. <laughs> I think I think you'll see a lot of that, and I know some Ray Rice fantasy fans will, out there will, will be worried about this because you're going to see a lot of this. McGahee just running in for the touchdown. He's more of that um, well, yeah, he power ran, back. He ran in from the one. So, I mean, he's more, I think, maybe of that Lendell-White situation that we saw last year where Chris Johnson does the work and Lendell gets the, you know, gets the uh, glory. Gets the glory. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe a little closer than I thought it was going to be being the Chiefs. Um, like you said, though, you know they scored 14 points, uh, you know, between the second and third quarter, and then they uh, they scored twice in the fourth quarter. But then you know Baltimore scored three times in the fourth quarter to really Kansas City's defense really could have stepped up there and maybe walked away with a uh, pretty uh, impressive uh, opening opening day win if their yeah. defense would have would have showed up. Yeah, if their defense would have showed up, I think it was really just the Ravens finally wore them down, and it's just Kansas yeah. City doesn't I mean, have the Chiefs four quarters of football in them. The Chiefs didn't do a bad job here. Um, I know I, I kind of look at penalties a little bit because I you know um, I think penalties kill teams. Kansas City only had three penalties for 15 yards, where on the other side Baltimore had eight penalties for 65 yards. Maybe that's because they were on the field a little bit more. But I mean, I mean, but still, I mean, you know, you know, you're not turning the ball over. Baltimore had a turnover. Kansas City didn't turn the ball over at all. Um, their special teams were strong. Defense special teams scored a touchdown for them. So I mean, I, I don't think they did a horrible job. If they get that running game going. I mean, I think the Chiefs might be a little bit better than expected. I mean, they didn't—they didn't play bad. They didn't play bad. I, I still don't—I still don't like them that much. I—that's I, why I got to wait and see Castle in there. I got to see if Castle can move this offense a lot better. Yeah. Keep, keep keep the ball in the field. They need, they got to have some more time of possession. I mean, that's the whole reason. Once you have this huge time of possession, this kind of goes back to my point in the Minnesota thing. They're just wearing down. The Ravens are wearing down that Kansas City defense, and mm-hmm. they finally did at the end of the game, and they just rattled off 21 points. And I think if you're on the field more, obviously, I mean, this is just simple, you know, simple scheming here. Baltimore's defense isn't the youngest group ever. No, I so, know. So, I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you just continue to just hit them in the mouth, you know, running the ball, you know, little dump passes, little 7-yard, little 10-yard passes here and there, you could really wear down that Baltimore defense, and you could really do some damage, I think, uh, you know, it, it was just it wasn't enough from Kansas City. No, I I, think, I don't like Kansas City. So yeah. no, I mean I don't I don't like them either at all. But I I really think that they 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 showed kind of like Cleveland did maybe a little glimmer of what maybe the future may hold. You know, uh, you know talking about what the future may hold, we really had high hopes for for Houston uh, this year. You know, finally getting that winning season. Uh, you know that we all are waiting for, and uh, the rookie 
coach and the rookie quarterback come in and drop 24 points on them. <sighs> and Houston didn't score till the end of the game. And Houston didn't score at the end of the game. This is one of those things where Schaub shouldn't have started because he was hurt. Yeah. It, he shouldn't have played. And well, who are they going to trot out there then? You don't know who the all-world quarterback they have as their backup? <laughs> Won't you drop that knowledge on me there, Mr. Kane? Mr. Rex Grossman uh, could have came in and put up more points for the Texans today oh, than the Jets. I was going to let you announce that since you've got history with Mr. Grossman. Um, you know, I mean, I guess. you know, I, I, That's what it was to me in this game. I, I like the Texans a lot in this game, and I really thought they should have won, but really Schaub going uh, and just not being 100% really takes away their whole offense. You know, look at Andre Johnson, I think only caught one pass. And you, you can't win if you're the Texans if Andre Johnson does not get the ball and Matt Schwab does not have like a Drew Brees-like day. Yeah, and I mean, Rex Ryan really showed that he is a defensive just genius. I mean, Houston's offense got past midfield just once yeah in the uh, first three quarters of the game that's just crazy because Schwab couldn't move the ball if they had any offense whatsoever this game would have been a lot closer and I think the Texans would have won but it's just if you get Sanchez on the field and he's a quarterback he's a good quarterback he comes from the long line of USC quarterbacks you get him on the field and he just has you know all t- all day on a tired Texans defense he's going to move the ball up and down the field no yeah, worries and it doesn't hurt either that Thomas Jones you know had 20 carries 170 yards two touchdowns Sanchez looked – he didn't even look like a rookie to me, I don't think. No, he didn't. You, you wouldn't even expect to look – he looked like every good Jets quarterback out there ever. Yeah, and then, you know, Jericho Cotri, um, you know, he's just one of those quiet receivers who just kind of gets things done. Um, you know, six receptions for 90 yards. Uh, Sanchez, you know, he did fumble it, but he didn't lose it at least. Uh, Steve Slayton didn't have a great game either. Nine carries for 17 yards. Yeah, it just goes back. I, I just don't think that they were the same offense that you expect to see out of the Texans. Yeah. That Jets defense is drastically improved. I mean, just, I mean, I was very impressed with the Jets defense. I was impressed with Sanchez, um, as I figured I, I would be. Um, you know, just a nice win for the Jets. Way to get that confidence up there for the rookie quarterback and the rookie coach. Uh, the defense has to be flying high right now. You know, especially with that stat that we, you know, we kind of threw out there about, you know, not even getting past, you know, midfield. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just absolutely I mean, amazing yeah. that, that uh, they couldn't do anything. Fantas- uh, fantastic effort by the Jets. Uh, you know, they're going to need they're going to need more of that, you know, after, you know, kind of seeing that Patriots game. Um, you know, and even uh, seeing Buffalo. Buffalo was impressive last night, too. I, th- I thought, um, you know, we'll get to that in a bit. But, um, you know, the Jets are going to need more efforts like this to just stay tough. You to know. stay tough in a really tough division. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see more. I, I think this goes out to a lot of the haters that, that thought uh, Thomas Jones would have a really down year, especially in fantasy. He was like one of the most overrated fantasy football backs. And then here's a guy who puts up 20 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Nobody expected that in, in the previews. And Thomas Jones, he's, he's a good running back in that Jet offense. And the thing is, I think a lot of teams are going to look at it. You can't stack eight men in the box because Sanchez is going to beat you with country. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez can obviously throw the ball. So, um, you know, I, I think good things uh, are on the horizon for the Jets. And uh, Houston, they got to get it together. <laughs> you know, I, just, I mean, 8-8 eight and eight's not going to cut it again this year for them. I mean, they've got to, they got to, you know, uh, you know, they've got to get over that hurdle. You know, they got to get that nine wins, you know, to just even just validate them, I think. That's um, it, yeah. You know, heading to uh, the Jets' uh, roommates there, the Giants, Um NFC East battle, Giants-Washington. Eh, 
I mean, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't have a lot on this game. It's just one of those Giants win six points. Human yeah. Noor came back, you know, on the defense. Uh, I believe Giants defense looks really a, good. I believe he scored a touchdown. Um, I think it's everything we expected from the Giants. Uh, yeah. Strong defense, offense, eh, just kind of there. Uh, receivers looking good. Uh, I think uh, Nick's going down is going to kind of hurt them, but Mendehall looks really good for the Giants. Yeah. So they might have some receivers down there. I think they're still feeling that out. Uh, but uh, Bradshaw looked pretty good. You know, Brandon so Jacobs. Brandon you know. Jacobs. Kind of had a pedestrian-style game. Didn't really move the ball a lot with Jacobs. Uh, Washington's defense a little bit better than we thought, maybe against the running game. Ah, the Giants' defense is just they'll win football games because of it. I mean, there's really not much more to say. Yeah, well, I think we talked about it where it was uh, we were watching that preseason game where they just kind of come at you in waves. First string, second, second, second string, third yeah, string. Yeah, it's just rolling yeah. out defensive line. I think that's yeah. a theme for like the whole NFL right now is defensive line yeah. is just like far superior. You're seeing a lot less, you know, just huge middle linebackers or linebackers just destroying teams, whereas it's just the strong defensive line is winning football games. Yeah. The only thing that I can really see here. Um, you know, Jason Campbell, 19 of 26 for 211 yards and a touchdown. He also threw a pick. Uh, Eli Manning, I think a good game, 20 of 20 of 29, you know, 256 yards, had a touchdown. You know, he threw a pick, but, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, everybody throws picks. Uh, yeah, this was, you know, I mean, the Giants' defense, uh, they should have probably put up some more points on offense because of their defense. But I think Eli Manning is still feeling out these wide receivers. Uh, he doesn't know what he has yet. And it, it's almost still the preseason for the Giants. I think their defense is that good that the, the preseason will be like the next three weeks for him where yeah. the defense will keep him in games until Manning figures out who he likes out there. Yeah, and I think those receivers are a big part of the reason why, you know, uh, uh, you know the Giants, uh, you know, Eli Manning really needs to do a little bit better holding on to the ball. He had two fumbles. He lost one of them. But I think that's a direct, you know, cause because of the, he has no receivers to throw to. He's sitting in the pocket, you know, forever trying yeah, to find somebody forever, to throw to. For a rookie to figure out his route out there, you right? Know, so. so you know, we'll chalk that. Well, you know, and and same thing with that pick too. I, I you know, I don't necessarily think that that interception is you know uh, all his fault. Um, he just doesn't have a lot of confidence, I think, in who he's throwing to. Um, you know, I think maybe probably about mid season. I think they'll he'll he'll pick somebody out and somebody will step up. I think you know, so. I just think it was just a normal, it was just a normal football game. Nothing really exciting. I don't think happened other than OC coming back and you know. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Giants defense is really all I can say in this game. Yeah, it's what it was. Well, here we go. Here's an interesting game. I know we all picked Arizona to win the West again. Uh, you know, I I don't think they scored an offensive touchdown the whole preseason. You know, I think they, I think maybe in the last game I think they scored one. Ah, this is they had offensive yeah. problems in the preseason. Um. San Francisco pulling out the four the four point win twenty to sixteen. I know that'll make some of our friends in Vegas happy. Um, you know, I, I I think San Francisco might be. Uh, San Francisco is a good team. Uh, Gore decent game. Nothing spectacular. Hill no, nothing yeah. spectacular. Nothing spectacular out of Frank Gore at all. Thirty yards on twenty two carries. Longest was a six yard gain, but he did have a touchdown. You know, so I mean, you know that you know heals all wounds. Uh, yeah, Arizona, I, Kurt Warner, I don't know necessarily if he's looking old or if it's just, you know, two interceptions. San Francisco's defense is pretty decent, you know. Well, so Warner, Singletary's working on it, so. Kurt, Kurt Warner, um, like a Brett Favre, like a, um, like a Drew Brees, he's going to throw a share of picks because, I mean, he throws 44 times a game, as you see. Yes. So, so I mean, he's going to have his picks, and I think we all, I think uh, Ken Wisenhunt out there, I think is willing to, I think he's willing to deal with that you know, if he can get the production. But, I mean, you know, on Arizona's receiving list here, I mean, Fitzgerald didn't even show up. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he had six, <laughs> six receptions for 71 yards by Fitzgerald. So, I mean, it's pretty decent. The thing is, you had Tim Hightower. I mean, so obviously the San Francisco pass rush was really getting to Kurt Warner, uh, which is apparent, but he, he had a fumble, but he recovered. But he had to dump the ball 12 times off to Tim Hightower. And Tim Hightower had 121 yards rushing, so he made the most out of it with some 23-yard runs in there. Yeah, But I think you really need to see more uh, Bolden. You really need to see more Fitzgerald. Bolden, he has to get the ball to Bolden. And it's just that classic uh, Kurt Warner offense, just Bolden running across the middle and then breaking it for a 50-yarder. You've you got to be able to do that all day. And San Francisco defended it perfectly today, and that's why they won the game. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm really impressed with uh, Isaac Bruce here, four receptions for 74 yards. <laughs> yeah, Isaac Bruce. You know, Sean Hill's uh, the new quarterback of... Uh, San Francisco, you know, so I mean, he did decent, you know, 209 and a touchdown. Uh, I like the kid. Yeah, so. and you talk about, you know, Kurt Warner throwing two picks. He was harassed all game. I mean, he was sacked three times. Um, I just don't, maybe that offensive line just isn't, maybe, uh, you know, after watching that game, I just, I, I don't know if I feel confident anymore in my pick about Arizona winning the West. I think San Francisco has vastly improved. Um, the thing is, though, it, it's not a lot of wins to win that division. I don't no, think. it's going to take only eight or nine wins to win. Eight or nine wins to win it, and I think either one of those teams can really pull it off. And I think we were kind of close on the San Francisco thing, uh, saying that they would come close to that, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that leads us right into Seattle-St. Louis. Seattle really looked good, 28 nothing over St. Louis. I mean, we didn't think St. Louis was going to be anything to reckon with anyway, but still, I mean, you know, Hasselback, you know, throwing two touchdowns. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we can, well, three touchdowns. I'm sorry. I think we can really say here that we, we picked Seattle as maybe that team that was going to come back, you know, yeah, from and, a horrible year. And, and we still, Seattle is the team that we really kind of, we thought that they, they were going to just, after a really bad year, come back strong. And uh, we really had them, especially with the uh, new receiving threats for Hasselback and Julius Jones out there. They have a really strong team. And I think they're the team that's going to battle Arizona for the, for the, uh, the title. I think they're probably going to get to nine wins. Uh, I think San Francisco finishes with eight, and I think Arizona probably finishes with eight. So I'm gonna re- I'm, I'm gonna recalculate there, but uh, I'm upgrading Seattle. I, I like what they're doing. Yeah, well, and I know we we said that T.J. Hushmanzana was gonna be the difference, and I think he actually showed that he was because I you know Carlson had six receptions for 95 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Burleson seven receptions for 74 yards for a touchdown. That that you know completes his three touchdown passes there. Hushmanzana, I, I really think he took a lot of pressure off the Seattle receiving core. Oh, it's amazing what you can do when, yeah. <laughs> when, when one of your guys is double teamed and you just have quality, like a tight end, John Carlson. Hasselback and Carlson have this huge connection right now. If you're in fantasy and you can trade for somebody, trade for Carlson. I mean, I ranked him high at the beginning of the year, and he's on a lot of my teams, and he's just one of those guys that's going to continue. He's Hasselback's guy right now. The middle of the field is open, and Carlson's going to take advantage of it, and it's going to be huge all year. Yeah, and I mean – I don't know what has happened down there and you know up there in uh, St. Louis, you know, the greatest show on turf has just been reduced to you know nothing. I mean, Steven Jackson had 67 yards rushing. Mark Bolger had 191 yards to the year. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. And the thing that's hilarious and if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Pfake, but uh, on Twitter after the game, uh St. Uh, the Rams, uh, Jackson, uh, Stephen Jackson was talking. He said, "Yeah, we played a really good game. We're just watching the video again now, and uh, it looked pretty strong all game. You lost twenty-eight to nothing, buddy. Yeah, you did not look good all game. Uh, you know, no, you looked bad. <laughs> Ten penalties. You need to rework everything. I don't know who the coach is out there telling you guys that you played good. You played bad. Yeah. Go back to the drawing board. Ten penalties for eighty-five yards uh, on St. Louis's side. Um, I mean, seventy-seven yards rushing total, passing. You know, one hundred seventy yards total. You only had." 247 yards for the game. Seattle doubled you up for 446 yards total. 
you, you're not you, you didn't play good at all. I mean, you had 57 total plays. Seattle had 70. I mean, a lot of that has to do with the possession battle, which you know Seattle won that too. So I, I think Seattle's back. Um, I think I'm with you. I think Seattle jumps Arizona, um, and I think it. I think really we're going to maybe see a dogfight uh, between uh, uh, Seattle and uh, and San Francisco. San Francisco really showed me a lot now, but Arizona could turn it around though on a on a dime though. You know they I mean, could, they've got it, the players where they yeah. could just they could honestly turn around and they, we could just chalk that up to week one, and you know San Francisco might just be a fluke that that win. I don't know if I think so though. I don't I don't think so. Well, going in uh, Seattle, I think they win. Uh, this is a huge prediction here, but I think they win six in a row here. They go six and zero. Oh. Yeah, um, you know, I I just I I think that. Um, I think that St. Louis is bad, and I think that really helped uh, Seattle out a lot. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, the last game of Sunday night was Green Bay-Chicago. We'll probably, I think, talk about that a little bit more at nauseum because uh, me being a Green Bay fan and John here being a Chicago fan. So I think we should skip that game for right now and maybe jump to uh, Buffalo-New England, which happened yeah, last night. Yeah, because I think we really want to end on the, uh, the Bears note. And uh, yeah. th- this is more of a... Uh, you know, this show, just because it was such a huge NFL weekend and baseball kind of got dimmed to the limelight, this is just more uh, a lot of college football, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, NFL talk. But I think we will, though, you know, for the baseball fans who do listen to us, we will run down, you know, the standings, the wild card races, stuff like that. We'll, we'll do a quick little rundown, I think, of that. Quick little rundown. You but uh, moving right along into that, we had uh, last last night's games, because uh, today, today is Tuesday, yes. uh, we got a um, Bills-Patriots first game. They were... Both games are fantastic. Fantastic football. If you're a fan of football, these were the games you wanted to see. And it, it was just amazing. Two great football games. And if you looked at my picks at all on, on the website, thepumpfake.com, I know I had Buffalo. They were 10-point uh, underdogs. And I figured that they were going to fight tough. And they did. Yeah. They almost won. Uh, I, I was very impressed by the fight Buffalo put up. Um, you know, T.O. only had two receptions. Um, Trent Edwards had a good game, 15 of 25 for 212 yards, two TDs, no picks, you know, played a clean game, really. Um, you know, Jackson, really the emerging star there last night, though, I think that you saw, you know. In, yeah, in the I, I, I really like And talking to a lot of uh, my uh, Buffalo insiders, they really like Fred Jackson on the year. So, I mean, if you're uh, listening to the podcast and you really have a fantasy team, get Jackson. He's just really going to be a star this year. There's talk about uh, Martian Lynch uh, not really being the premier back when he comes back. I know he's a thousand yard rusher, but uh, I like Fred Jackson this whole year. Yeah, uh, Brady had a he had a Tom Brady game. He threw the ball 53 times in his regular season return. Uh, you know, to to the league here, threw two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Uh, but when you throw it 53 times, I mean, that's expected, I think, you know, as we've discussed. Yeah, all yeah show. I, think, I think we saw what we're exactly going to see all year out of the uh, Patriot defense. They're going to get burned, and they're probably every game going to allow 20-plus points. And so Brady's going to really have to put up more. He looked uh, a little off at the beginning of the game, but once he gets that confidence going, that final two drives, you, you can't mess with Brady. You can't touch him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Wes Welker had 12 receptions for 93 yards. Uh, Randy Moss, phew, 141 yards out of Randy Moss. I mean, you know, Brady looked his way 12 times. Um, but, I mean, when you got Randy Moss, I mean, you really can't. Yeah, you look at early in the game, uh, Moss dropped a couple and uh, Welker dropped a couple. So, I mean, really, 
they were just a little bit off sync with uh, Brady and everything. And Brady was wasn't throwing a good ball at the beginning of the game. His footwork was a little off. So I mean, I think we'll see more out of Brady, and I think we'll see more of the thirty point uh, production games. So I mean, it's one of those things where the Patriots found their way at the end of the game. Well, yeah, and to Brady's coming to Brady's defense, there. I mean, you know, he did have that you know season knee, knee injury. I mean, it's been a year. Uh, you didn't really see him driving off that um, off that back leg, putting a lot of weight, you know, on that on that injured knee uh, in the first half, which I think is a reason why maybe you know some of his passes weren't quite on point. Um, but I mean, in the second half, he really seemed to get his footing, and he really seemed to get back to that. Um, you know, to that Tom Brady we all know. The Tom Brady we all know. He, yeah. he, lo- he looked all world at the end of the game, and he, he's the guy you want in that huddle. You know, you talk about Joe Montana, you talk about Steve Young, and you, then you, you talk about a guy like Tom Brady, just the guy you want to yeah. lead your team down the field. I, um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, though, the, the, the biggest problem I think I have with this whole game was at the end. Uh, Tom Brady threw the touchdown pass to a Ben Watson in the back of the end zone to get them within uh, striking distance of the lead at the very end. And then they kicked the ball off. And McKelvin, the be- one of the best returners in the league last year, he was in the end zone. He could have taken a knee. And he decides to come out. Now, I, I, now granted, I mean, you got the best return man, in the, you know, one of the best return men in the league. You don't really think he's going to fumble. Um, it, it couldn't have set up really any better, you know, for the Patriots to, you know. Uh, in their wildest dreams, I don't think they would have, you know, thought that that was going to happen. But you, you take a knee in that in that type of situation. I, I don't understand. Here's where the thing, his head and, was. And, and listening to the owner talk after that, he thought he caught it on the one. I think McKelvin thought he caught it on the one. He talked about it, and he said just how it played out. He would do that again ten out of ten times. Yeah. So there's no worries on his part. I think he just really thought that he caught it on the one and backed up. Yeah. He, he was just a little bit. His spacing was a little bit off. I think if he knew he caught it like deep in the end zone as he did, I mean it was pretty close. I think he would have took the knee. But I just didn't think it's one of those things where you don't want to be on the one when you when you need it like that or take the safety, you know. Yeah, well, I think that kind of goes back to two, though. I mean, you know, uh, with the Bills being such a young team, knowing where you are uh, on the football field, you know, kind of knowing, you know, knowing where you're at. Um, I mean, God forbid. I mean, okay, yeah, he caught out the one. Imagine if he thought he was in the end zone and took a knee. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have been. He would have downed at the one yard line. Yeah, I, mean, so I think I, it all goes back to maybe kind of knowing where you are. Uh, in a big game situation, um, I think the Bills are a young and upcoming team. Um, I don't think T.O. really made any kind of difference at all in this game. Uh, no, you, you saw the the no huddle from Buffalo, yes. and it looked pretty good. I think they're gonna they're gonna do well this year with that, which uh, is definitely gonna wear down older teams. It like is, and Patriots. he saw it out of the Patriots, and, yeah. and it was one of those things. And we'll talk about Richard Seymour in the next game, but I mean, the Patriots really missed him. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you watch that Oakland game, I mean, you saw the impact Richard Seymour had immediately. Um, and I and I really think that, like you said there, that defensive line really missed, you know, that nine-year veteran. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, they just, they just the Patriots defensive line, I mean, I'm not going to say they looked old, but you could tell that they were kind of getting worn out a little bit by that no huddle. Um, I think if the Bills do that no huddle, I think that they could, I think they could steal some games. I, I think that you know they could maybe cruise to you know maybe that eight and eight level, maybe that seven and nine level. You know, have a have a decent year. Yeah, I think I think we'll see that out of the Bills. Uh, I don't know if it's still a playoff team, but they'll play a lot of teams tough because of that. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, now, if we all stayed up late enough, you know, um, I know the only reason I stayed up was because 
um, a that Buffalo New England game was so fantastic that I just wanted to watch more football. Yeah, couldn't you just you just wanted more football? Why yeah. couldn't they play all night? Yeah, I wanted to watch more football. And B, um, you know, um, the guy that I was playing in fantasy football had Philip Rivers going, and I really needed to root against Philip Rivers, even though I was rooting for the Chargers to win that game to keep my prediction of them winning the AFC, um, you know, intact. I was really rooting against Philip Rivers, and my rooting apparently helped because he didn't have that great of a game, and I won my week. It's one of those things, and especially in this game, uh, the Raiders were kind of one of our surprise teams that we said would probably have a good year in our NFL Fantacular, and so you do have to watch out for the Raiders. I thought the Chargers were better than this, though. I, I just a little disappointed in what happened in the Chargers game as far as their offense. Their offensive line got torn apart in that game, and I know they had a lot of injuries, and we'll see how that plays out during the year, but I don't think the Chargers are going to win a lot of games if if they, that offensive line can't hold together. Well, San Diego was, what, favored by nine in this one, okay? Um, yeah, they were favored by nine. You know, they won by four. Yeah, I just, you, you know. you got to expect San Diego to have a better game out of this. I was very surprised. I mean, you know, Phil Rivers still had a decent game, you know, 252 yards of the air. He threw a touchdown, threw the ball 36 times. You know, he threw, he threw a pick. Tomlinson, you know, got into the end zone. Uh, Sproles got into the end zone. And uh, Jackson, you know, got into the end zone with that little tiptoe move there uh, in the uh, front corner of the end zone to, uh, you know, to kind of seal the game. Uh, well, not really seal the game, but to give them that that lead. But then, you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell came right back with that, uh, you know, that, that tr- tremendous uh, touchdown pass. <laughs> that 57-yarder, I think it was. Yeah, just amazing. I mean, that was really good. The black hole was was I mean, it was alive. I mean, it was when, when, when the there's there are certain teams that when they're good, the NFL is better. I think the Raiders are one of those teams. Uh, I think the Cowboys are one of those teams. Chicago, Green Bay. Are, I mean, those are some of those teams that like when those teams are good, the NFL is better. Yeah, it, we'll we'll see some more out of the Raiders. I, I like how their offense is progressing. I, I like what they're doing out there. Their defensive line just looks amazing right now. Richard Seymour brings a whole nother level to that defensive oh, line. I, I mean, he he made impact right away. I mean, he sacked Philip Rivers, and that just uh, that was, and they, he said it that it's that the Patriots practice so many different schemes and have to be sm- so smart their players that any one of those players could immediately make an impact on another team without knowing anything about their defensive. Uh, plan or and anything I mean, like that it doesn't matter and that's what happened i mean you know seymour didn't get there till saturday and he played on sunday um and i know he played the whole game and you know it it didn't matter really what what kind of looks you know uh san diego threw at at that defensive line and i think this is going to be fantastic for oakland because their defense was impressive to me last night anyway but i really think that seymour is going to be that coach on the field and I think that 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 defensive line is gonna. Yeah, Seymour's playing for a huge contract next year. This is just a huge move for the uh, for the Raiders, and it, it's gonna play out so nice that uh, their defense line. That was the one worry they had, and I don't think they can worry about that anymore. I think you gotta uh, value uh, Oakland's defense right now. I think this is gonna be a huge thing going into all of their games. Oh, that and they were their hitting, defense is good, and they were hitting. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, the Raiders played. Some just smash mouth, nasty football. It's good old school football from the Raiders, and, and I, I liked it a lot. Oh my god! I I was sitting here watching that game, and I mean it 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 you know it rolled on you know to midnight, twelve thirty, one o'clock. <laughs> you know, in the, the Raiders' defensive line really laid it too. I think they oh. injured, uh, and you know you don't take pride in that, but they injured like three of the offensive linemen for the Chargers. They just destroyed them. Yeah, and I mean, Jamarcus Russell, uh, you know, twelve uh, completions on thirty attempts. 
I, I wow, I can't I, I didn't even realize he threw the ball thirty times because I mean they were running the ball so effectively. I mean, McFadden and Bush, that's a nice little one two punch back there in the backfield. I yeah, think. they they are extremely deep at running back. McFadden is just great. And Bush is a huge man. Yes. I mean he <laughs> they, they they are so good at running the ball. This is this is going to be what, a good Oakland team. It's, they're going to be in every game this year. This was not what I expected out of the Oakland Raiders at all when we did the Fantacular. Yeah, watching this game. At all. I, I Oakland was, oh, is in every game that I, they play. I, I was very impressed by the Oakland Raiders. Their coach is spot on with what he's doing. Um, they look like they went back to first day of Pop Warner football where you were, t- where you were taught footwork. You're taught, you know, you know, just how to play the game, and I, I know Tom Cable said that, you know, going in that they just didn't know how to play football in Oakland, you know, for the last couple of years. You know what I mean? They just, they, you know, they didn't know how to play, and I mean, I think they said that for like a week or two weeks of training camp, they practiced no pads. They just went through, you know, just basic stuff, and I think it, I think it really helped. And you know, Steve Young kept saying last night in the broadcast a lot where, you know. Uh, they were taking half the field away from Jamarcus Russell. Just you know, they you know your focus on the left side, your focus on the right side. You're not looking for that deep ball, and I think that really helped him out a lot too. I mean, you know, he did have that one, um, you know, 57 yard touchdown pass, which was amazing, by the way. I, I mean, Jamarcus Russell would throw it probably 80 yards flat footed. Yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, he's a yeah. really good quarterback. He can throw the ball. He's not accurate at no. all. Yeah, but, yeah. I, and I don't know what I, you know. I don't really know what kind of drills you can sit there and do all week, every week to get accurate. I mean, you see, he threw two picks, um, you know. So I mean, he and, and he threw a pick at the beginning of the game too when they were driving. Yeah. So it, I mean, so they really actually could have won that game if he would have limited that mistake. They would have won that football game. Oof. I mean, and, that, and you, you wouldn't know, expect that. So I mean, there's another shocker. And, and to be and to be particularly honest, I don't understand in that situation at the beginning of the football game down there where the run got you there. The run got you all the way down to what were they at the 15 yard line? I think when he threw that pick or the 20 yard line. Why you're just not running the ball anyway? Worst that happens is you come away with three points. Yeah, that's right. You got you got to keep running the ball. That's your offense. Especially them. Keep doing it. Yeah, so. especially them because I just feel the like the way your defense is playing, you got to keep running the ball. Yeah, and I mean you know definitely, and you saw here too where time of possession was huge. 32 basically 32 minutes of this game, the Raiders had the ball. Kept Philip Rivers off the field, kept LT off the field. Darren Sproles kept him off the field, which Sproles looked amazing to me last night. Yeah, I, Sproles is the best change of pace back in, in the game. Yes. When you have LT and then you go to Sproles, it's yes. just unreal. Yeah, which I know they were talking about last night that you know when the game was on the line, I, they, they didn't understand why LT wasn't on the field at all. But they kept giving Darren Sproles that little you know underneath that little ten yard, twelve yard little just that little dump pass, and Philip Rivers just marching down the field, just marching down the field, and I. The linebackers were playing back for uh, for Oakland, and you don't even understand that they're playing you know ten yards deep and just giving Sproles ten yards. It's just unreal that they were doing that. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, that's just you know their defense fell apart at the end of the game. And they probably should have won. Yeah, um, I just I just feel like uh, Oakland showed me something. Oakland's going to have a good year this year. I mean, they're not going to go to the playoffs or anything. I don't think. But, no, uh, they're they're not a playoff team, but uh, they're closer. I think they're in a lot of games, but I think they lose a lot of games close. So yeah. I just think they're in games. And then if if you're a betting guy, you know you got to take uh, Oakland plus a lot of games now just because of this game. Yeah, uh, you know, very impressed by Oakland. Kind of shaky on San Diego. I don't really know. Yeah, their offensive line. How we'll see this week how their offensive line plays out if they bring any any guys in. How many guys that are going to come back the next couple weeks? But uh, I'm not liking San Diego overall now. Yeah. Um, very good night of football last night. And um, 
you know, can't can't be happier. But we're gonna go ahead and uh, end the NFL uh, rundown here with a little game that was close to both of our hearts: Chicago and Green Bay. The the as a Green Bay or a Chicago fan, you had to consider this game always to be the Super Bowl. That's a must you know, watch game. But it doesn't yeah. matter uh, if you're the coach of the Bears or if you're the coach of the Packers, and you only win two games every year. If both those games are Green Bay or, or against Chicago, you have to say that you keep your job. Yeah. Well, you know, this game was really weird at the it, very it's beginning. It's a defensive line <laughs> battle, and they destroyed both quarterbacks and. In the end, you give the the edge to Rodgers because of the uh, uh, the big pass at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, I believe I texted you at halftime. I was like, "Can you believe it's ten to 2? I, it, I mean, it was crazy. That, that was ridiculous. Um, you this know, was she, a game that people predicted to be like a shootout. This is the well, the, new, it, the new NFC North. It's right, not yeah. supposed to be ten to. Yeah, this is know, old school it, football. It was supposed know? to be the new Bears, high powered, high flying offense. Supposed to be, you know, the Packers had the, you know. They had the most prolific offense in the off in the preseason, you know. I mean, you you really thought that it was going to be like that Georgia Carolina game, forty five to thirty two or whatever, thirty five, and it ended up being a defensive just struggle, you know, through most of the game. I, mean, I think the shocks of the game were the Bears' defensive line mm-hmm. and Cutler passing to uh, Green Bay cornerback, uh, Green Bay secondary. Yeah. That, that three four that that Green Bay runs, uh, Dom Capers really made that something special. I think. Um, I I just don't uh, know that the Bears were ready for that, and they played Cleveland, who runs a three four in the preseason, and they were supposed to be the game yeah, but that they don't primed run, them for this game. Yeah, but so. they don't run that three four that good a three four, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Chicago's first points with Jay Cutler and you know his you know rocket cannon arm, you know, two points. He comes off a of safety. Those are those. That's how you that's how you get on the board for the first time in the year. You know, sacking Aaron Rodgers in the you know in the end zone. It, it, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it, it's unbelievable the the points in that game that yeah, that I, uh, just it, the, you got to say the Packers had to be disappointed because they should have scored more. Yeah. in this game you had four interceptions from Cutler. Green Bay should have been able to score more, but the defensive line for the Bears is unreal. Well, I'm going to go out and say here, John, that your problem with Chicago is Cutler's got zero people to throw to. Yes, and, and just horribly disappointed in the receivers. I know, I know Desmond Clark <laughs> blows my mind. I don't. I think you should have been cut from the team after this game. Yeah, you played a horrible game. Johnny Knox, you had a nice pass. You're fast. You got to learn how to run a route. Earl Bennett, you got to catch the ball. It's your best friend. You, you just got to <laughs> catch the ball, buddy. It, this is the NFL. I hate guys who drop balls in the NFL. If you can't catch the ball in the NFL, you shouldn't be playing. I mean, listen. I know you were so jacked up for you know. Devin Hester, you know, Jay Cutler, you know, I, I mean, I know you were so jacked up for that. And, and yes, they did connect for a 36 yard, uh, you know, touchdown pass, um, you know, in the third quarter. But I mean, they, he's not a receiver. At, the, le- the at thing, least he's not your go to guy. I the mean, thing that gets me is Cutler's amazing behind the line of scrimmage before the play. He's Peyton Manning esque. He doesn't yell it out like Peyton Manning does. But he can read a defense from at the line better than anybody. He called some great hot routes. He called some great little out routes. He picked up on the defense before it was happening. He called both of those long plays. He, he, he audible to the hot pass to Devin Hester, and he audible to the hot pass to Johnny Knox that was, that was really long. So those two plays were all, were all Cutler. 
it's after the play when the play starts and you get the receivers that Cutler has no idea what they're doing because the receiver's job, he also has to read the defense and those receivers aren't smart enough to read the defense right now and they don't know where to sit and they don't know where to go out there when they're running the routes. Well, and you know, one of those, one of those interceptions from Cutler um, was just a defensive lineman just reaching out and saying, Oh, look what I found. Yeah. And that's one of those things. I mean, Cutler had a nice play called that, that really should have been a nice little gainer that turned into a crazy interception. I don't think probably in that uh, guy's life, he's ever had an interception. Uh, I probably think he'll never have another one ever again. (laughs) I mean, Jolly is like, it just stuck to his belly. You know, he reached out and grabbed it and then just like fell into his belly and stuck there. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know. But are you worried? I mean, are you, are you worried? I mean, Jay Cutler was supposed to be the, the, you know the godsend, the the savior. You know the the one who's going to lead you, you know, to the Super Bowl. I mean, are you are you at all worried? Uh, I'm about not about this performance because you know I'm not worried yet because I think the uh, the offense didn't do what they're supposed to. I think they were trying to do too much with you with that, everything. You think that's going to change? I mean, I, I do. Week? I think I think that they quit doing stupid things with uh, Greg Olson and bringing him out wide all the time and just run a tight end offense. The middle of the field was open a lot of times, and they did not take advantage of it with Olsen. They need to just get him out as a tight end and just get him out there and get Greg Olsen the ball. Greg Olsen only had one pass. Uh, I mean, you got to get Olsen the ball. Clark looked horrible in so many plays. You gotta, Clark's got to play better. I mean, Desmond Clark just played awful in that game. I, I'm just so disappointed in Desmond Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, now let's, let's go to the Green Bay side of the ball. You know, Aaron Rodgers was harassed all game. He got sacked for that safety, you know, in the uh, second quarter there. Um, 17 of 28 for 184 yards. The big, you know, the big uh, 50-yard uh, touchdown pass to uh, Greg Jennings. Um, Rodgers didn't look particularly sharp either. You know, he he got harassed by a very good Chicago defense. But now, you know, word coming out of Bears camp is that Erlacher is done. Done um, for the year. Um a wrist injury, which, you know, a lot of Bears fans have been questioning it, like saying that uh, he should be coming back, he should play with a cast on, you know, whatever say you. But word is that this is career ending. Career ending. Yeah, this is the one of the most serious wrist injuries. You could have eight pins, I think, were put in his wrist yeah. uh, uh, today. So, I mean... This is one of those things where it's really hard to come back from. He can't. He can't do much. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know. I know they. They. They said they were going to think about looking at Derek Brooks. You know, as the answer. He might not be the answer, but I mean, at least he might be like a nice little plug-in. He's a nice plug-in. I know they picked up uh, Tim Shaw just to play some special teams because they got uh, Nick Roach and uh, and Hunter Hillmeyer. Hunter Hillmeyer is an experienced guy, so I mean, he'll fill in nicely there. But I think for the Bears, it's all about the defensive line right now. Yeah. Riggs is going to be good enough to carry the linebackers. I think that the defensive line is going to win him some football games just because they looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, Rod Manarelli's got those guys playing great. Uh, I mean, Green Bay's offensive line looked okay other than letting Rodgers get attacked all night and harassed. Uh, Ryan Grant finally showed you know the kind of back that he was two years ago. Sixty-one yards, he had a touchdown. Um, I mean, what more? Can yeah, you say? Ryan Ryan Grant played better in the second half. I think uh, in the first half he was still giving up at runs. Uh, he would still get hit and then he'd fall down. He still he finally started to push the guys a little bit in the second half. But uh, I still want to see more out of Ryan Grant before I like Green Bay. Yeah, um, you know Jennings and Driver. I mean, what can you say? I mean, you know Rodgers is going to get him the ball. Um, you know. Uh, we had some we had some weird things go on. We had the we had the direct snap to the running back on a fourth and what, what was it fourth and fourth and eleven I think on yeah. the thirty yard line and they do a direct snap that was just a crazy play. It was, just, it was trying to get cheap yards. Let's just call to, it what it is. It's trying to get cheap yards on a 12, 
12 men on the field call when yeah you know and it didn't work out it's one of those no. plays where they tried to do and something it may have stupid. cost it may have cost them the game it, it probably did uh if, if that doesn't happen they punt the ball and the way their defense was playing they probably would have stopped them yeah so i mean overall you know we predicted a split in the nfl fantacular we said the green bay would win at home and we said chicago would win at home no nope, I, I, i'm still gonna stand by that even without Urlacher. so yeah well i mean you know a couple things coming out of this game cutler needs somebody to throw to marvin harrison's out there you know I, I could I could definitely you know the Bears should probably open that door. Yeah, I, mean, I think you know. with Herm being good friends with Marvin Her- Marvin Harrison and Herm being good friends with Lovey Smith, I gotta think uh, Harrison's on the phone and now saying we need a uh, possession guy. And I think that's really what was missing. You saw a lot of uh, Bennett dropping a lot of balls that were on third downs. Uh, and, and you look at you just need somebody out there that runs a good route. Yeah. And that's all. That's all. Cutler needs somebody to run a good route. If he, if Cutler knows what you're doing out there, he's going to get you the ball. But if he's confused at what route you're running or where you're going to be on the field, he's going to throw an interception because he throws the ball perfect and he puts it right in your chest. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, it's going to be an interception every time. Yeah, and I think uh, on Green Bay side of it, if they could just uh, maybe shore up that offensive line a little bit, give Rodgers a little bit more time in the uh, in the pocket there to you know check his receivers down. I think that. Uh, you'll see that yardage. Uh, yeah, I think you'll see a, a big jump next week uh, out of Green Bay. I think the defensive line for the Bears is just unreal, so I'm, I'm valuing their defensive line really high right now. Uh, Green Bay just ran up against a really good defensive line. Yeah. And, uh, overall, I still think Green Bay is really good as far as their offense. Yeah, and you know, Aaron Rodgers finally, I think... Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers stepped out of Brett Favre's shadow a little bit uh, Monday or Sunday night. He had that Favre-esque, you know, that comeback. Yeah, and it was really, really shocking that that was his shot to really drive the field, to really do well, that. Well, they, they said it. He needed it. He needed he, to come back and win that game to finally put to rest number four. Yeah, so, I mean, you well, know. Uh, you know, my hat's off to the boys at, at Green Bay. They played a good game, you know, so. Uh, we'll, you know. We'll, yes, we'll, yes, yes, yes. We'll give congratulations to Green Bay. <laughs> yes, and I mean, you know, that's a big win in what looks like so far to be kind of a... Whoa, whoa, whoa! We shoot. We, what are we doing? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't, mean, to, I, didn't I, I didn't mean to shoot you, Green Bay. That's okay. I mean, you know, Detroit looked horrible. Minnesota looked good. I think, like we like we predicted, it was just going to be that three that three team race. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's all that. I, I know a lot of people are talking about the Erlacher injury. I think it's minor. I mean, he he played a decent game, but throughout the last couple of years, he hasn't been Erlacher. So without him, I don't think they lost a huge amount. I think they lost the leadership on the field. But I think I think Briggs is ready to step up and be that leader on the field. And that defensive line is just just unreal right now i think it's the second best defensive line in the league behind uh, the giants so yeah. i mean that defensive line is going to carry him in a lot of games and it puts so much pressure off the cornerbacks so i mean they'll, they'll be they'll be decent just because of the defense yeah well i mean you know that kind of rounds out the nfl fantastic week fantastic week i couldn't if you're an nfl fan i don't think you have anything better than the week that happened in the nfl yeah i mean i i just think that uh you know the best the best league in sports you know uh nba major league baseball i mean just think about it how much how much time do we just spend talking about the nfl i mean it's ridiculous what do you got over there you look like you found something no 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 okay all right just making sure (laughs) um just uh, i'm gonna look and see i'm just i'm just i'm just mad at uh espn for i feel like they're listening to the show even though we're not live right now that uh, they're they're picking Washington to beat USC. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that frustrates me. If you look at our picks, we're not getting them from ESPN. This is all our knowledge. And and when I pull up ESPN.com and they have Washington pulling the upset, I feel bad. You know, I feel bad for the folks out there, the pump fakers. That we're we are the originators of all of all our theories and all our plays. So, you know, ESPN copying us once again. Yes. Um. Just kind of looking ahead here to uh, next week, seeing what kind of big games we got. I know Monday Night Football is uh, Indianapolis at Miami. Um. 
you know, another chance for uh, maybe Miami to uh, get on the uh, right side of things here. Uh, you know, we got the Sunday night game. Uh, New York travels to uh, that big spaceship out there in uh, Texas there, the uh, Cowboy Stadium with the uh, big screen. We get to see that in all its glory finally. Uh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, as far as big games, I like the Falcons huge over Carolina. Uh, yes, Carolina really didn't show me a whole lot. and Atlanta's defense looked pretty good. Um, uh, after the Jaguars playing an Indy tough, I like them playing Arizona tough and pulling yes, that out. Yes, I like the Seahawks huge against San Francisco. Yes, uh, Pittsburgh at Chicago. I know that game's close to your heart. It's kind of interesting. I think Pittsburgh pulls it off. I think they're they're kind of hurting too. But just I just like the way Pittsburgh played. What in your mind's the most interesting game this week? What, you know, uh, Giants Cowboys. I like the Giants to go into the Cowboys and and pull that out. I think that's gonna be a really good game. Who needs the win the most? Uh, Cowboys need the win the most, but I think uh, Giants pull it out. Okay. Well, um, I think actually, man, we're kind of running a little long here today. We uh, we got wrapped up in that uh, in that NFL, so I think baseball is just going to have to take a little backseat. But who wants to listen about baseball anyway? Football's here, and uh, you know we yeah, are... we're right in, right in. You know, I mean, baseball's coming down the end. You know, just a quick run about rundown. You got the Rockies losing a couple games, so I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, wild cards coming down to the end, so yeah. yeah. We yeah. got Lincecum coming back, so I like San Francisco in that. If you're a San Francisco fan, I like the Giants to pull us out in the end with Lincecum back. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about baseball a little bit more next week. You know, kind of wake me till the playoff. Wake wake me when the playoffs come. Um, fantastic week this week. Uh, we're looking for, looking forward to another good sporting week, especially uh, in you know both football uh, deals. And I think uh, I think we're good. I think we're good. This is the uh, the pump fake. We are at thepumpfake.com. You can always call us at our hotline if you. Uh, you uh, want to make any comments or uh, have any uh, thoughts or theories on any games or calls during the game, one eight seven seven two nine four fake That's one eight seven seven two nine four three two five three. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, you know, uh, enjoy your football this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday to, uh, you know, kind of wrap it up. And uh, we got the outfield playing us out a little bit. So, uh, John, everybody else, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, we'll catch you on the pump fake. Have a good one.